Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your number one source for all things related to Ryzen, reviews, news, interviews, etc, etc. I am your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I am joined once again uh, by Focus Fights, Christian Gary. Christian, how are you doing today? Yes, uh, instead of, normally we talk by, uh, through the internet, through Facebook chat or Skype, but uh, due to, due to uh, circumstances that uh, hopefully uh, last week uh, or the last time we talked, you know, that we couldn't, uh, we couldn't avoid, there was a lot of internet issues, so. Well, I mean, I hate to interrupt you even though it's kind of my thing, <laughs> but the Yes, yes. And our connection just did not go so well. I think your editor had like seven hours to work with between the two of us. Exactly, exactly. So we are we're talking uh, by uh, you, I you I have you on my cell phone right now uh, on, on speakerphone, um, and of course audio quality is not going to be as good as you know as you know from a uh, Skype or Facebook chat from the computer. But uh, we're hope- hopefully this will be a lot, uh, a much more streamlined and a uh, better way to converse rather than be d- being continuously interrupted through internet connection issues and all that stuff. Yes, and uh, I got expl- on my part. Unfortunately, I just got well. The day, the, the Sunday after, the show was on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, and so what happened was that you know I watched the entire show, the entire way through till about six a.m. or after uh, after six a.m. whatever it was, and I was just so exhausted the next day, Sunday, that I just couldn't. I couldn't even focus on having a podcast. And the next day I had work, and then the, that weekend's uh, that we that we could have done it. I ha- I was doing work as well both days on the weekend, so it just didn't work out. Uh, our schedules didn't work out, so that's why we're we're doing it now on a Friday, on a rare Friday. Yeah, that was actually a big. Well, I don't want to say big, but it was a it was a a, a discussion spurned by uh, a user on Twitter, uh, where all good good discussions happen, of course. Um, and and uh, I just you know I'm gonna try to find the gentleman's name. A a gentleman by the name of at mixtape assassin. Um, posed the question, uh, he wrote this, MMA news sites lack of coverage 
for tonight's rising card is baffling. Card is stacked. They'll have more people there than most UFC events and many amazing matchups. What's up, up with that? And he uh, tagged a bunch of uh, MMA um, news sites, personalities, and hashtagged Ryzen in it as well. Um, and one of those people that he uh, that he tagged in it was it was Luke Thomas, who I believe does I think he does the MMA now at MMA Hour now. He took it over from Ariel oh, Hawani. Yes, he basically took over from Ariel Hawani, who's now working with ESPN, whose partner Chael Sonnen is going to be quite busy this weekend against Fedor Emelianenko. Oh yes, um, and so yeah, oh, yeah. What happened was that Luke Thomas uh, on the uh, MMA Hour, and actually probably the MMA Hour, even when it had Hawani, they never really covered anything but UFC. And Bellator. Um, I can't recall them really covering anything else outside of those two major, those two MMA organizations. Uh, but uh, what happened was that uh, Luke uh, replied back and he gave his reasons why he doesn't cover uh, Japanese MMA. Um, he, he gave four reasons. Uh, the first one being almost zero return of investment for JMMA coverage. Ve- second, very little English-speaking JMMA indigenous to push stories to broader outlets. And he put this, puts in parentheses, this didn't used to be a problem. Three, unlike Brazil, most big sites have no Japanese correspondent. And four, years of diminished influence has diminished attention. And then a bunch of other people chimed in, like Stuart Fulton, who I think does the uh, English commentary for, is it Shuto or Pancras? Pancras. Pancras. Um, and it was also a, 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 a big, um, he's a big guy to follow when it comes to JMMA as well. Um, and um, and a bunch of other people uh, who are in the JMMA mix, I guess you could say, uh, chimed in as well, be, very much disagreeing with uh, Luke Thomas's assertion. Um, there were so- a lot of people, though, who did agree with him. Um, one of the names that comes up is is Jonathan Snowden. Oh, Lord. I mean, I understand Jonathan Snowden does a lot of things well for MMA as far as shirt art is concerned, but the dude can't... I mean, the dude just can't talk about JMMA to save his ass, can't he? Um, well, I'll be honest, I didn't know that much about him until this whole thing came up. And I did some research on him, and apparently, I'm trying to think of, like, what comparison he has. Like, if it was, like, wrestling or other sport or, or other non-combat sports. Um, the reputation that he has. But, he seems to not be very well-liked. Um, and what happened, I did see a reply that he, or, or that he chimed in saying that, like, you know, something about, like, ruffling, uh, this, you know, to Luke saying that that'll ruffle the feathers of the nerds or something, or I don't know, whatever, um, uh, I get the JMMA nerds, um, but I think I want to talk about this because I think this is a very interesting topic to bring up because, um, I did pose a question on Twitter, about about having a discussion about this uh, regarding someone who is both pro, I guess, I, who's 
four MMA MMA outlets covering JMMA, and then one who's against it, and didn't get that much of a of a uh, conversation going. Unfortunately, um, doesn't seem like something that that doesn't want, that a lot of people don't want to have. But barring that, um. My thoughts on it, and uh, well, 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 first off, let me ask you, Christian, what do you think about Luke Thomas's reasoning why a lot of, and I'm guessing a lot of, the, a lot, this is why a lot of the MMA outlets don't cover them. Uh, well, well, first off, let's see who does cover it. I know that the MMA sucker does cover it, Focus Fights obviously does. Uh, Dave Meltzer covers, he covered the Ryzen show, that, the Ryzen 13 show, but for the most part... Days, but you can't really take Dave Meltzer's words for face value. You just have to take them with a grain of salt. That's fine. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, I definitely know Ariel Hawani. He didn't definitely cover it, and definitely you know the MMA Hour didn't. Um, I think I think that John Pollock on the uh, on his thing may have covered it, but I'm not entirely one hundred percent sure about that. Um. MMA fighting, prob I believe probably covered it. They usually do. Sure, dog must have had something. I'm gonna guess, but oh, yeah, they had, I mean, I'm sure Sure Dog had previews and reviews about it. Um, but in terms of what do you think about what he said about about his reasoning for why why he doesn't cover it and why I'm guessing a lot of other publications, MMA publications, don't cover JMMA. Do you think that they're well-reasoned? Do you think they're outlandish? What do you think? Well, to be quite honest with you, Drew, I just think they weren't really thought out, you know, how people expect it. I mean, wouldn't you agree with me that it wasn't thought out? Well, I I think his points are understandable, but one that particularly bothers me, though, is the when he says the zero return of investment for JMMA coverage. My issue with that is that by not covering it, or, or, or by already not covering it, you're already giving zero chance of it of getting any t- return on investment. Uh-huh. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, so uh, so we're not gonna cover it because it's not making any uh, it's not making any money. Uh, but if you're uh, but uh, are, so but does that mean you're gonna cover it anyway? Oh no, we're not going to cover it. You can't really say it's not a return on investment. It's it doesn't have a return on investment if you don't cover it because if you don't, there's no way to tell. Yeah, but if you think about it, well, also what Luke Thomas has said. Very little English-speaking JMMA indigenous with stories to broader outlets. Unlike Brazil, most big MMA sites have no big Japanese correspondents, and years of diminished influence has diminished attention, apparently referring to when the UFC bought Pride FC back in 2007. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, and here's the thing, when I'm, when I'm saying JMMA, I'm going to have to uh, be specific about it. I'm talking about Ryzen. Let's be honest. You know, out of all the promotions that can get coverage, Ryzen's probably the only one. Deep Jewels, Shuto, uh, even Pancreas. Uh, 
They just they don't have that they don't have the reach that Ryzen does. Um, I guess the only other one that you could say has uh ha- would have any reach it would probably be One FC, uh, Road FC. If uh, uh, I know they're not JMMA, but they are in the Asian mixed martial arts world. So though, if you want to just Because of the fact that, oh, they're saying that they're the largest MMA promotion in the world, which is obviously not true. Yes. I mean, <laughs> listen, just because they had an event that basically topped a lot of charts in Thailand, obviously with the fact that you had Muay Thai, MMA, kickboxing, and a boxing bout featuring Sui Saket or I mean... You're not really going to get people over by saying, oh, you're the best, when clearly, when you don't have people watching in the U.S., when you don't have people watching in Canada and having to find your stream online through some tweeter, I mean, it's basically going to come back to bite you in the ass. Oh, yes, that's very true, that's very true. Um, But, I don't... When... When... I I'm just bothered by by when the by saying by mainly his number one number two. I understand the Japanese thing. There's a lot. There's, you could probably find a lot less people who speak Japanese who could who could translate in Japanese than than Portuguese. There's probably a, you probably have a, a lot less of that. And also, you know, of course, time differences and all that stuff probably have uh had something to do with it than Brazil um uh, with, with with Brazilian promotions, but. I don't see the problem is that by not co- I'm really bothered when they say, when, by not covering it anyway they're saying that they're there's gonna if you don't cover something you can't say that you can't more or less say that there's no return on investment because you have nothing to back that up with as well as saying years of diminished influence you know ha- has diminished attention the again you know uh, I mean obviously after the fall of pride you had K one heroes you had dream. Yes. You obviously still have Shudo, Pancrase, and Deep, and now you have Ryzen. Yeah, uh, but you know, to say that it has diminished attention, you know, by not giving it attention, you are already, already diminishing the influence. And uh-huh. there's one thing, you know, there's one thing that I think that our, that that we have learned more so now than ever before is that news... That news and media dictates a lot more the narrative than we probably used to think, and especially in MMA, I think that's definitely true about MMA. What do you think about that? That the MMA, that the MMA media dictates the narrative a lot. Yeah, I think they just overreact when they dictate the narrative because if you think about it, if you actually, you know, take a little time to enjoy the Ryzen product, maybe even cover an event or two, other than the fact that, oh, ex-UFC fighter is coming to Japan to fight Can Unknown. I mean, basically, if you took a little bit more time to actually understand that and realize that Japan is less about, you know, wins and losses and more about the pride you show in fights, maybe people will have a different perspective about JMMA. Maybe, yeah. maybe people will have a different perspective about Asian MMA in general. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. Um, but the problem, I think that's the problem, is that none of these, you know, the Luke Thomases and 
Um, Ariel, well, I don't think I think Ariel Hawani probably cannot cover it because he's doing the ESPN thing. But the Luke Thomases, um, and others just aren't—they're not even giving it the time of day. It's either USC or Bellator. Maybe, uh, maybe the occasional other promo- little promotion that gets a big name, like the, the like with the upcoming Liddell and uh, Tito fight that's coming up. Um, oh, pretty- <laughs> so, but it's you know, I think you know that 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 Kyo, that Horiguchi tension uh, Nasakawa match should have been getting a lot more press, in my opinion, than it did. But it barely got anything from the from the big from the uh, from the big MMA media. I feel like mostly because of the fact that people were still. And I don't want to get too explicit here, but they were basically all over Conor McGregor's hog, like a bunch of Harley types. <laughs> oh, that's I, I think, but I think there's also time, you know, given the time between when Conor had his fight and when uh, the Ryzen fight happened. I think you know, if if the two were the same week, then that's an entirely different story. I I would not begrudge any promotion, any MMA outlet to cover. UFC, a Conor UFC fight over Ryzen. That's just, I'm just I. That's just being realistic. But I, given that that the that that the Conor fight was, it was not even close to like was was a month not a month away, but but a few weeks away. There was time to cover this huge Ryzen event that got that got a huge turnout, their biggest turnout that had a very a very uh, uh, Kid Yamamoto, Masato uh, type uh, kickboxing match. Type of field, basically. Exactly. They had Crow Cop on the card. They had they had two former UFC fighters uh, on the card. They have they have some pretty pretty up and coming prospects, or I want more, you know, some some established prospects. Um, New new fight new fighters that that other people may not be familiar with. Um, it was just yeah, it was just kind of surprising just the lack of any co- even from the uh, English fighters, uh, English speaking fighters that they didn't get any cover that they barely got any coverage. No Crow Cop, no Darren Crookshank, um, uh, no Diego Brandau, um. Came down to that entire press tour. Yeah, well, you're right. Bob Sapp didn't get any press coverage. Jake Hughes didn't get any. Press oh, coverage. that's another thing. Yeah, you would think that that the whole Bob Sapp uh, sumo fight would pro- would get a little bit of a uh, a uh, oh we're gonna uh, ironic coverage. They didn't. It didn't even get. It didn't even get that. So you know, I don't think there's... If you want to come to me and say that not every every JMMA, every Asian mixed martial arts uh, promotion can be covered, I understand that. There's pro- the audience is probably smaller for that, and you obviously want to go for the bigger audience. But to try to ignore, and I think that with this with this Rise of 13 card that happened, I think it was deliberately ignored. I don't think there's any excuse for why it didn't get the coverage that it more or less could have and should have gotten. Indeed. 
You want to tell me you you want to tell me I did? Oh, we don't we you know nobody we don't we don't get any clicks or any views when if we were if, when we covered deep jewels or shooto or pancreas. Okay, fine, that's understandable. There's no way I cannot believe that the that that giving uh Ryzen thirteen uh either live coverage or interviews of with, with Horiguchi uh, or Crow Cop or Sap would not have gotten any eyes. I cannot believe that for the life of me at all. It sounds that sounds totally ridiculous. Um, I still would like to have a conversation with two people about this. Um, it would be great to have a Luke have Luke Thomas, but I'm pretty sure he's a very very busy man. You know, doing the MMA hour. So I don't know who else is. I don't know who the other who would be an equivalent of him, and then get somebody else as well uh, who's pro. Uh, who's, who's the opposite of that thinking. And just, you know, because I understand both sides. I, I think that both sides have, have valid points. But I think I, I would like to hear, I would just like to hear it from, from, the, from one side or another. Just to have a, a good back and forth conversation. No, no calling anybody names. No, no stupid, none of that stupid shit. You know, just have a conversation. Yeah, Try to... Japanese mixed martial arts. So that means, unfortunately, Jonathan Snowden is exempt from this. <laughs> uh, if he if he says he wants to come on, I will not begrudge him as long as he does not do any name calling. Because I'm not gonna have any of that shit. We're not. This is this isn't gonna be. This will not be a a a post UFC uh, 229 fiasco at all. Absolutely, Christian. Thank you very much for taking over. Uh, would you? Uh, would you? Actually, you, yeah, you go ahead. Would you like to do the introductions for for Ryzen Thirteen? Well, yeah. I mean, because there wasn't any introductions for this event at all. Because for starters, they opened the show by basically. I mean, obviously, the English commentators, Mike Trigg, Joe Ferraro. They basically opened up the show talking about, hey, three fights are going to get pushed up to the main, three fights are going to get pushed up to the middle of the car just so that these people can get out of here due to a typhoon about to hit the Saitama and Tokyo Prefecture. So, um, could you just clarify that? So, did they say that a typhoon was coming or was a typh- did typhoon eventually come to, uh, come to that area? Because that's what I thought it sounded like they said. That the, that, the, that the actual typhoon, like, during the middle of the show, was actually going on in Tokyo. Do you, do you happen to know what, what which is which? Well, I think from the mouth of Joe Ferraro, I heard that, you know, the typhoon was coming four hours into our show. So we gotta keep, I mean, so we gotta push these fights up to the middle of the car just so that these fans can get out of here on time. Because, as you would probably know... The train that gets to, I mean, that get all the way around the train, damn it. The trains throughout Japan, the bullet trains, they take a while to fill up, and they take a while to, you know, come by. Yeah, well, also, I, they, I think they, they said uh, that they were shutting down the trains at around 8 or uh, 8 p.m. or something like that, and the show was... Yeah, show's, four hours into the show. Yeah, um... 
I for all those people who stayed after after the uh main event, uh I don't know how they got home. I don't know if they were Sinema, if they if they actually live in Sinema or they just booked a hotel for the night, but they, you know, if that were me, if if that was me, I probably would have left because that means I would have probably been stuck in Sinema and I would not, you know, I would I wouldn't want to be stuck you know, in Saitama, just without any, without knowing, without knowing what my 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 end game plan was. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. Yeah, I get what you mean. I wouldn't want to basically stay around and watch an MMA event, knowing that it's probably going to flood and I ain't gonna have no way to go home. Yeah, I can tell you, somebody who who experienced uh, a a kind of small typhoon while I was in Japan. Those things are, those typhoons. Uh, they are even when they're when they're not big, they are brutal. Brutal wind, uh, brutal w- rain. Uh, I'm talking like your umbrella is going to get ripped apart. Wind. Uh, that is how bad they are. Um, but before we get into the actual card, uh, just want to say that this show was actually uh, Ryzen's. Biggest attended show so far, with the attendance being at twenty seven thousand two hundred and eight people. Uh that is quite amazing that they. And you know, that's the other thing as well is that I. It looks like on uh, at least on video that every seat was filled at least up until the oh, yeah. until the until the ma- middle of the main event because. Um, you kind of figure like, oh, you know, there's gonna be a typhoon coming. People are gonna come by. No, people came by and stayed at least until the until the first half of the show. After the second half, people, you know, you could definitely see it wasn't as crowded. It was still pretty crowded, and I think they estimated that yeah, probably. The people who basically stayed around after the Nasukawa Oikuchi fight, they're basically lifers when it comes down to this. Yeah, show. I think they. I think um, Joe Ferraro. Estimated that he th- he said about there may have been about twelve thousand people that still stayed after uh, the uh, main event, um, yeah, which is they, they live and die for that shit. Exactly. Still, the second part of what I was trying to mention was the fact that they were. I mean, obviously, the typhoon pretty much killed off all the big production. No Lenny Hart streaking. No big time. Fighter parade and stuff like that. They had an opening tribute to the legendary kid Yamamoto that not only featured Nobuyuki Sakaki Bara and Nobuhiko Takada talking about him, but it also featured his nephew, Erson Batman Yamamoto, basically saying how much he's going to miss kids in not only Japanese, but as surprisingly enough, and this is a Yamamoto family trait. In English as well. Yeah, actually, when he spoke in English, I was like, whoa, whoa, well, that's not cool, that's cool. Um, do you think they did that deliberately because because they know that, that, that English people were watching and probably in that arena as well? Or do you think that was just, oh, you know, Yamamoto thing? Sure, I am pretty sure about that. I mean, otherwise, Kid would have never studied in, I mean, Kid would have never went to high school at Marcos Denim's High in Tempe, Arizona. And yeah, um, yeah, and you know they had a pretty, they had a pretty good tribute as well. Um, unfortunately, 
Uh, this is a big problem I have with monopolies, and um, it's the same thing with wrestling. Unfortunately, a lot of his good, a lot of his stuff um, uh, could not be shown because I. Th- Exactly. Well, I don't. Not so much his UFC stuff. I I would care to see, but yeah, his shoot his shoot those stuff. You know, they couldn't show because UFC owns has it on their uh, flight pass thing, and mm-hmm. and they probably couldn't show the K one stuff because of you know K one Japan owning it. Oh yeah, that's is that's that as well. Um, it's, it's it was better. You know, it was a very good tribute. And you know, the the you know, I thought that the good that I was debating. You know, are they gonna do it before? Uh, Miu's fight, they're going to do it in the intermission, um, but I wonder, do you think that they were always planning to do it at the beginning, or do you think that this was sped up because, this was done because of the, uh, typhoon? I think it was sped up because of the fact that there was a big typhoon heading their way. Okay. But if they would have, I mean, if the typhoon wasn't a factor, if it was just raining and stuff outside, no big typhoons, they would have automatically probably done two tributes. Yeah. One before the fighter ceremonies and the other maybe before or after Miyu's fight with Andy Nguyen. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see him doing that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it, it was a very good tribute. Um, you probably can find it on YouTube or actually if you can, uh, order it on Fight TV and, um, that way. But yeah, it was a very good tri- it was a very good tribute to uh Kid Yamamoto. Um and um Yeah, uh anything else to say about the uh tribute? Oh, and that I mean the tribute was beautiful. And I'm pretty sure that what we're going to talk about later on is probably going to be way more beautiful, way more delightful to see. Oh. Let's go ahead and get on with the first fight of the card. Uh, two good questions. Um, it was interesting that this Menel Cape, and they were mentioning on commentary, Frank Trigg and Joe Ferraro, um, how he was a much more, quote, I guess mature fighter. He His antics were definitely toned down. He still did a little bit of, of, of smack talking, but not a, compared to what he was doing, used to, not a lot. Um, Menel Cape was, it was, he was definitely a much more. Te- I don't want. He was a less devil may devil may care fighter. He definitely seemed to to have a game plan of of take uh, of basically grappling with Nakamura, which I guess was was kind of a surprise. And he did that, um, and he basically dominated for all three rounds until you know and uh, you know eventually got the uh, the choke in. Um, and that's the thing, as you said, it wasn't it wasn't even a full rear naked choke, it was a forearm choke. Um uh, so Manel Cape looked very good in this fight. Uh Nakamura uh He didn't look so good in this fight. He did he was very you know, for a guy that was a former WSOF uh five champion and who's got a pretty good fight record, who was fourteen to five, um, before this fight. 
Yeah, uh, he did. He he was a. Uh, he basically got worked on. He but yeah, he looks like he. It seemed like he was not taking Cape seriously while Cape was taking Nakamura seriously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw the the. the, the if you if you don't if you didn't if you saw the weigh-ins when uh Cape was like saying he was like talking smack to Nakamura and all that stuff Nakamura was just smiling and laughing he probably thought that uh he probably thought that you know oh I'm gonna I can you know I can just easily coast to this guy but uh no Cape Cape came in and um he uh, he made quite statements um what do you think about uh uh, 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 uh do you want to you want to answer my question or do you want me to answer your second question first. Okay. Because I think when it comes down to who Manel Cape faces next, I think it's obvious. Oh, it's obvious? Oh. Oh, yeah. We all know. We all know. But what? you go ahead and continue with your question first. Okay. Well, I was going to say, well, like, what, how do you think uh, Cape looked in this fight? Um, how do you, uh, how do you, what do you think about how he went into this fight and uh, what his whole strategy for this fight? I said in the, I mean, you probably might not have heard me in the preview for this event, but I basically said that Manel Cape should stop acting like a star boy and start being a made man. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you proved that in this fight when it came down to just neutralizing Yusako Nakamura into making him choke, I mean, making him tap out due to that forearm choke. But if Manel Cape can maintain this type of killer mentality that he had when it came down to training at Tiger Muay Thai and all this stuff, then I think that we're going to see a dangerous, dangerous beast from Manel Cape. Yes, especially if he, uh, if he, if he sticks at. Well, do you think he sticks at flyweight, or should he go back to, or should he do bantamweights? If he keeps the mentality that he had against Yusaku Nakamura, then he'll be a different animal. Exactly. He will be a different animal. It seemed like uh, training at uh, AK in Thailand definitely uh, helped him a lot. Oh, my bad. I thought he was training at Tiger Muay Thai. Either way, the dude's starting to become a killer since going to train in Thailand. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He uh, he changed his camps to... uh, I, I think it's permanently. I think he's permanently of AKA Thailand at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, regarding your second question, if uh, who he fights next, and it's obvious. Well, I don't know if it's obvious, but my answer is a rematch of Kai Zakura. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. Oh. I mean, obviously, both of these two really... I mean, and we're going to talk about Kai Zakura later in this podcast. Yep. Exactly. Well, it was. Oh yeah, and you know there was you know there was some people who made some arguments about why he actually didn't lose. It was a split decision loss, and yeah, it's definitely that is definitely a a match that could that definitely needs a rematch at some point. Um, I I think and definitely after you know since both fighters got their wins, you know what time you know I think that would be a good match to have on the December card. 
Uh, that is a that would definitely be a rematch I would want to see. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Um, what do you what do you is there any well barring that? Let's just say if Kai Azakura can't do the rematch for whatever reason, is there anybody else who you would say that he maybe could fight, maybe as a placeholder? Uh, well, to be to be quite honest, is there anybody? I mean, is there really anybody that Men LK can fight that's basically got themselves? I mean, there's basically pretty much all the top flyweights in the world that's not signed to a UFC contract, because we all know Bellator doesn't have a flyweight division. Yeah, um, well, you know, the what about a match with Ogi Kubo? Oh, Ogi Kubo, huh? I know he's coming off a loss, but do you think... What do you think about that match? Would that be a a a, a good match, placeholder match to have if they can't do him and as a career? Do you think that's do you think that's that risks too much of a loss for Cape? Yeah, I think that would be like a good placeholder. I mean, I think right now Cape versus Shibamato Kubo would be a good placeholder match because I mean, if you think about it. Even though Hiro Masa's basically been going through a rough patch in his life, he's basically still got that fire in him. Yeah. Like, he wants to still compete. He wants to remain... He wants to compete so that he can still remain relevant. Exactly. Um, well, the only other match I can think of, but it can't happen now because the fighter retired, is Ian McCall. That would be the only other yeah. f- fight I could think of. Hey, I want to beat the shit out of Manel Cape. Clearly. Well, he said that. Uh, well, he said he's retired. He's not fighting anymore. So, if that is, if if that is, you know, it probably would have to have a, a few good zero, a good amount of zeros on it. If he if he were to change his mind. Um, Indeed. Now, but but I would say you know, overall, I'll just I just want to quickly say I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, and it definitely it definitely you know. I think that I think that Cape gets a lot of, a lot of. Uh, I don't think he gets the respect that he, that he that he's due. But I'm hoping that this fight kind of changed people's um, perspective on him. Hey, I hope so too, because I really do think that Manuel Cape has changed. But unless unless he's not going to be booked for New Year's Eve, he's going to have to show me a lot when it comes down to you know, fighting top competition that he's changed his style of. Yeah, yeah. And obviously this fight was a good first step. Oh, exactly, exactly. No, this definitely, this definitely, this fighter was an entirely different fighter than the one who fought in the, uh, the Bantamweight Grand Prix and, uh, who fought, oh, who, and also the same one who, uh, also different than the, than, uh, the, the fighter who fought Kai as a career at Ryzen 9, as you said. Well, uh, yes, we we can get to that next fight, and it'll be. I think it'll be a pretty easy fight to talk about because there was no winner. <laughs> exactly. Taiko Kawabe, the Hypernova, and Kento Hanaguchi fought for a majority draw after three three minute rounds. First of all, what were your 
thoughts about the drawing? Second of all, did you think that there could have been a large amount of action to determine a winner? Um, well, here's what my thoughts were. Well, first of all, don't they have in kickboxing usually uh, the uh, the uh, overtime rules? If there's a draw, they go to overtime? Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. So this wasn't a true kickboxing match in that, in, in that, in that respect. Um, yeah, and basically, knowing rising rules and K-1 rules, you're not going to have a draw. You're supposed to have a winner. Yeah. Um, I had Tiger winning. I had Tiger winning um, the first round. Uh, and because I felt that I went by, you see, and I, this is just me. I know that other people have different standards of judging. I go for more power in the punches rather than volume. I think if you put the hurt on your opponent, that means more than than landing a hundred shots that don't do squats. And I know, I know that people judge judge have their own different criteria for judging, but I think the power behind the punch and what its impact does more than how many you can do. So that's why I had Tiger winning. So I had him winning round one. I did have it as a draw as as round two, but I had Tiger winning round three. Mm-hmm. So you basically had Tiger winning that entire fight, huh? Oh, almost. Oh, Haraguchi, Haraguchi, you know, I didn't have him looking losing badly, but I just had Tiger... With with the more was just more technical. Also, I think also what also Haraguchi he did a lot of flashy shit like spinning elbows, spinning kicks. He did a rolling thunder kick as well. Um, especially in the second round, there was a whole bunch of spinning shit going on. Um, and I think when you do a lot of flashy stuff, I think that does put that does throw off the judges as if you are. Do it as if you are that gives like will give you points in the judge's eyes. I feel like that happens a lot. Um, even uh, even in UFC, I think that happens. I think I think that happens a lot in, in MMA judging. Um, but apparently this this fight was to was to was to crown who was going to be in the Ryzen kickboxing tournament that's going to be happy on New Year's Eve. But now that now that both uh, both went through a draw, do both go in now, or do they have another fight again on a uh, on another uh, promotion to uh, determine it? I'm not so sure. And you know what? I think that's like a weird head scratcher to me because when it comes down to that, I mean it's kind of like a Oh yeah, and you know Tiger, he he was you know during uh the the I think I think before the, before this match um and and press stuff and uh and interviews he was really saying he wants to have a match against uh against Tenshin Nasukawa, and well 
if you're going by this match and this result, this tells me that you are not ready for Tenshin Natsukawa, Mr. Taiga. Indeed. And, and certainly not uh, Haraguchi as well, uh, as being ready for, uh, for, for Tenshin. So, you know, in that respect, you know, it's kind of this, you know, you're kind of at a stalling point with this kickboxing match, because since neither won, and neither looked, you know, I don't, it's not like I think that Taiga dominated Haraguchi, so I can't say, oh, well, you know, it went to a draw, but I think that Taiga dominated uh, the entire, the entire fight. I can't even say that. So, you kind of, they're kind of like... They're kind of stuck in, it's kind of like a, a stuck in limbo for what their future is, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you, what? But to be honest, when it comes down to that fight, I'm pretty sure that Nobuyuki Sakaki Bar will find some type of way to insert one or both of them onto that New Year's Eve card in some way, shape, or form. Oh, probably, probably, um, if, uh, I, I... I don't I don't know who they're going what they're going to do with that that new that kickboxing card. Hopefully, you know, I don't know. They were supposed to have it leading up to leading up to this card, I believe. That's what the original intention was, but I guess it got moved and all that stuff. So, you know, um I hope that Ryzen's got their plans f- um finalized for it. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not a lot to talk about with this fight just because of what the decision was, really. There's really not a lot. Well, come to think of it, we go from a fight that didn't really have much of a decision to hold back on to a fight that was clear from the get-go. Yeah. Ayaka Hamasaki, the former Invicta Anime champion Ayaka Hamasaki, if you will, Defeated Deep Jewels anime champion Mina Kuroba and stopped her chances of basically turning this MMA fight into a full blown harem anime. <laughs> exactly. Um, but still, but still, let me go ahead and get the result out of the way. Yep. Hamasaki defeated Kuroba EP of Kimura Lock Submission. Four minutes, 45 seconds of round one. First of all, what did you think of the finish? Second of all, does, I mean, do you think that Hamasaki? Um, I think she does. I think the only thing that would hold her, hold back is her age. Oh, come on. Why do age gotta play a factor? Well, because, you know, the more, the more years a fighter has on them, you know, obviously the less of a future that they have. And I, yeah. Well, I mean, in that respect, you know, thirty-six to forty-one is is like twenty to ninety in, in MMA years. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> uh, but you know, I do I think I think Ryzen ha- has their eyes on uh, Kana Azakura being the standard bearer for that division. Kuro just signed a contract with Invicta, which means if she does well in Invicta, her chances of going to the UFC probably might go a little bit up. So, you know, 
I mean, I hate to play, you know, fantasy booker, but wouldn't you think that a fight between Asus, I mean, Kana Hasakura and Ayaka Hamasaki would make sense? Uh, yes, it absolutely would. Um, especially, um, if, if Kana does go to UFC, um, I don't... And, and, you know, right now, I don't know what exactly is the status of her, of her rising contract. I would have to guess it is, you know, that she still is still somewhat obligated to them in, in some in some sort of fashion. But... Oh, well, when it comes down to Kana, I hate to interrupt you. I mean, there is a little clause in her contract where Invista is her main promoter in the U.S. But when she goes back to Japan, her international promoter... He's rising, obviously. Yes. Um, so that means she's gonna probably split her priorities until the UFC comes calling. Yes. Um, I think that if they were to have a fight, I uh, 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 a match, I think that Hamazaki would defeat Azakura. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want, if that's what, if if she is gonna go to UFC, you know, I would. Just, you know, try to book that fight as soon as possible so Hamazaki can get, get that win. And basically, it'd be a new, a, a new way to recrown um, the, um, at, uh, that, 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 Hamazaki as the uh, top of the Ryzen Atom Weight division. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when it comes down to Mina Karobe, do you see a future for her aside from her defending that deep jewels Atom Weight title? Uh, with all due respect to, uh, to Kurobe-san, unfortunately, I do not. I do not think that she has, uh, she was entire, and I know it was Ayaka Hamazaki, who we're talking about, but that first round looked like it was, it was, it, it looked, it, it was a total domination by Hamazaki. Nothing told me Kurobe, Kuro- looked like she was, a an O one fighter getting in that ring. Um I don't I, you know, if you want to put her in if you have uh another woman's atom weight tournament, yeah, I guess you could have her in the tournament. I don't see her being a regular on the horizon though, just going by what I saw from her from the the fight that she just had. Right. I mean, Jeff, what do you think? I mean, she didn't, you know, she didn't look like somebody who's, you know, I'm looking the book for that for the next show, who do look to look good in defeats. Huh. What, what well, do you th- come to think of it, I mean, it's like the old JMMA tradition goes. I mean, even though she basically lost, I mean, even though she basically lost, she still learned from that beatdown. You think she, did she? I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully so, because when it comes down to, you know, her defending the honor of Deep Jewels, it sure as hell wasn't it that night. But hopefully she'll have a lot to learn. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we, let's look at her record. Uh, she has losses against, uh, C.O. He Ham, Ham, excuse me, um, Tom DeLay Silva for yep. Um, uh, Mei Yamaguchi and Naho Sugiyama. Uh, yep. So uh, she does. She actually she did get uh, uh she did get her win back against Sugiyama. So she does have that. But and she also has a win of Saori Ishioka 
So, you know, she sees that she's a she's a good fighter, but I don't know if she, you know, looking at at the losses that she's had against those those four fighters, uh, three of them being two, uh, three of the best, um, Adam Waits in in the world. You know, I guess if you put her if you put her up against, if you want, you know, okay, let me walk back. Let me walk back. So. If you want to put her up against, like, an Alyssa Garcia, I would have no problem with that. Alyssa Garcia has a few losses. Ha, ha, uh, lost to uh, Hamazaki. Kurobe did as well. Uh, we're pro- we'll probably never get the rematch against Azakura and Garcia at this point, I don't think. Uh, you know what? If you want to have uh, Kurobe versus Alyssa Garcia, that would be a match to make. I think that would be a, a good match to show uh, who's... Who, uh, where each is on the level of the division, because we know that Alyssa Garcia is good. Uh, she has she has the, the win over Azakura, but she also has um, two other losses in Ryzen as well. Um, um, I think she has all the, one other win as well, if I'm correct, right? Does she have two wins in Ryzen? I think so. Two wins, two losses in Ryzen. So, um, and her most recent loss uh, was to Hamazaki. Um, yeah, book a Garcia, uh, uh, Kurobe match. What do you think about that? Hey, I think that would be fun, even though I think a better fight for Garcia would probably be against Miyu Yamamoto. But hey, if that doesn't happen, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. Well, well, you know, the great, uh, well, I should say the good thing, but, uh, well, good thing for Ryzen, um, uh, Alyssa Garcia was released from her Combates America contract quite a few weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. hopefully that means... Exactly, so, you know, that could open, mean open uh, more more for Ryzen, more dates for Ryzen, hopefully. Um, but, if you, if you think about it, when it came down to Alyssa's last win... Um, that was, uh, the, um, the, the Deep Jewels Adamweight title, or you talk, you talking about? Yes. Oh, okay. The uh, Deep Jewels Adamweight title inside of a Deep Jewels page or ring. I don't know what they use now because I haven't seen a Deep Jewels event ever. Uh, really? yeah, sure. Or, you know what, if you want, you know, um, if you, I don't know if, what Rise would say about it, you know, if you want to get more eyes on Deep Jewels, have have a sanctioned uh, Deep Jewels title match on a Ryzen show. I don't know what Ryzen's thoughts would be on that, but I think that you know, I that's one thing I think Ryzen should do. Given that they probably that right now, you know, given their status and reach, they should definitely have sanctioned title fights. I know why probably the promotions wouldn't want to have them because obviously you want to have the titles draw on your uh, on your on your own homegrown uh, promotion, but I think. Having that, you know, if if they were having it on Deep Jewels, by all means have it. If you, 
has had fighters, you know, fight for Pride and for Dream and obviously for Ryzen. So I think he wouldn't mind having a sanctioned title fight happen on a show that he can trust will be treating this fight like it's a title fight. Okay, uh, yeah, I know, I agree, I absolutely agree. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, there's that whole, you know, it's the same thing with wrestling, you know, that some, you know, a lot of promotions don't want their titles on, uh, on other promotions because, you know, they, they want, they want to make sure it draws for their promotion and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, if, he, if he's cool with that, I think that'd be a good opportunity for, uh, Deep Jewels to get, uh, get some more eyes on them. Even though when it comes down to it, we already know what to talk about. Ah, uh, yeah, why not? Let's go, let's go on with it. Yeah, Kai Asakura defeated Anong Sok like Top Noise Tiger Muay Thai video unanimous decision after three five minute rounds of pure domination. But I gotta ask you, I mean, obviously when it comes down to this fight, do you think that it should have happened at Ryzen 11? Um, no. And I'm going to say why. Um, I feel like Ryzen 11, we got to see Topnoy against an MMA fighter. And we got to actually see, it's kind of, it was kind of a good lead-up match to see, oh, this is what Topnoy can do. And I think that we know where Topnoy's skills are. Against certain MMA fighters, uh, with with that fight and this in this match, but we you know with the we we by him getting a win, I think it made a lot more intrigue for this fight than if it was if the fight had already happened. Because probably what's not the probably the, the same result would have happened. I think. Oh, uh, Kyle's a current yeah. winning. Um. Um, it's possible. Uh, it's possible. I don't think so. I think that Kai's got a. I think Kai's got a pretty good chin on him. Uh, especially with the K fight, uh, he definitely showed that he can definitely brawl. Um, I know that that you know there's obviously a, t- a way that that Topnoy has his stand up and Cape does his stand up, but I think that I think that Kai. Uh, the problem with Topnoy is that you know he's not. He's still a. He's still a budding. He's still a developing MMA fighter. You know, coming from a kickboxing background, obviously his skills. You know, if only Bozo had done what Azakura does did, and Azakura basically, you know, he basically he he grappled and um, wrestled with uh, Topnoy. I think only Bozo could have won that match. Only Bozo did not. Only Bozo chose to stand on his two legs. And what happens when you do that with a Muay Thai guy? You get a uh, you get knocked out. Um, and um. Um, you know, it's funny because we predicted this fight would, would be a knockout. Probably, it was probably going to be a finish. And I think uh, it was funny actually. A lot of the matches that we pro- that we predicted finishes for didn't happen. Yeah. So. Uh, I have a question. Do you do you think the fight was disappointing in that respect, and that there was no finish? I mean, because it basically just showed, you know, that 
that top noy needed a considerable decision on his record. That top noy needs to uh, probably work a little more for three round fights rather than just think about ending them in one or two rounds. Yeah, that was a good point. Um, also, I don't remember if he did this for Onibozo. Did he do the jumping, twirling, uh, middle finger to Onibozo? Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't. Re- I, I was like, what? When did? I don't remember. I, I couldn't. I. I was like, I don't think he did that. Du- did any of this stuff during? Like, if put only uh top noy was more Manel Cape than Manel Cape was uh, on this card, which I found very funny. Um. Yeah. T- I think that would be a very interesting match. Um, I mean, if I would have to pick Cape to win that, but you know, I I kind of wish you know, I I kind of wish old Cape, old Manel Cape would uh, would have a uh, would be in the um, mental zone for that for that match because um, there definitely could be a, a very funny war uh, war of words. Um, what do you think about them having this? Exactly. What do you think about them having this match at catch weight? Along with the uh, kickboxing match, both were at catch weight at, at 130. Yeah, what do you think about that many catchweight fights? Eh, I don't know. I mean, it's not that I think that Ryzen can't make up their mind. It's just the fact that they want to try and build up, you know, the flyweight and the battleweight division properly so that Kyoji can rule them all. Uh, you know, you're probably right about that. Um, what, what do, you, do you think that Top Noy will be on the uh, New Year's Eve show? Um, I mean, to be honest, if not, I won't be too upset, but I would be totally surprised if he's not on that show. Oh, wait, yeah, so the Manel Cape uh, Nakamura fight was at catchweight. Uh, what was the other one? You said there was there was four, or there was three? Oh, yeah, there was actually four. What was the other one? Oh, I had that, I had that flyweight. Yes, yes. Um, Obviously, Horiguchi versus Tenshin Asukawa. Then you had Cape versus Nakamura. You had Tiger versus Kento Haraguchi. And you had Kai Asakura versus Topnoy. I guess, you know, just also uh, going back to what I said before about this being this this fight being disappointment. I in my respect, you know, I was kind of hoping for a knockout. So in that respect, because, you know, you have two hard hitters here. I kind of was hoping that, you know, we would see a finish. And in that respect, I was a little bit disappointed. It was still a good fight, uh, technically, but I was hoping for a knockout. Uh-huh, I was hoping for a knockout too, but hopefully, if Tom Noy's a part of this New Year's Eve card, he will probably have a war that will end in a knockout. Let's see, uh, um, speaking, of, speaking of knockouts, we had... I mean, I think we had our first knockout in the 
surprisingly unknown men's strawweight division. I'm oh, sorry, yes, yeah, yes, we did, we did, uh, um, I, uh, go, you want to give, uh, you want to, uh, give the details? Yes, I will go ahead and, I will go ahead and talk it all first. Yeah. How the eighth man Ochi, H-A-R-U-O-O-C-H-I, defeated, I mean, obviously, the deep strawway champion, defeated the strawway king of Pancrase. Mitsuhisa Sanabe in his first MMA fight in Ryzen via TKO, soccer kicks, 2 minutes 51 seconds into round number 3. First of all, how about them soccer kicks? Oh, they were beautiful. Uh, were you disappointed that this wasn't a double championship fight? Well, here's, you could have told, if you had told me that both were champions, I would have said, Oh no! One one of them seems to be champion. The other guy doesn't seem to be a champion because, out out of all the fights uh, on this card, this was probably my least favorite. Ow! There, it the, the given what I thought that Mitsuhisa Sanabe was going to go into this match with this, you know, someone it was like someone forgot to tell him that he was in a fight because for three rounds. He did almost nothing. <laughs> would you basically say it was kind of like the tension off the couch? I mean, would you basically say it was kind of like the kickboxing bout he had against Yamato Fujita? I think he did more in that than in this match. Because in this match, he was it was it was like someone forgot to turn they put on the on switch on the controller, and. You know, I thought that this fight was going to go the opposite. I thought that Tsunabe was going to go through Ochi. But the opposite happened. Ochi came and remembered and knew that this was a fight. Tsunabe didn't know this was a fight. And was total. It was. It was totally. He totally dominated him. And Tsunabe literally, like. You have to go. I urge everybody to go and watch this. You know, I said it. I said uh, for this. Uh, I for this on the preview show. This fight will either, will either be the best fight in the card, or will be the worst fight in the card. Because they'll either be they'll either go in there all all all, all blazing, uh, uh, like like there's no care in the world, or they're gonna be hesitant to do anything because they're both champions of their respective promotions and they don't want to look bad. And I think that's what that's what Sanabe did. I think Tsunabe didn't want to didn't want to do anything because he didn't want to try to risk losing his losing this match and and being the lesser champion. But by not doing anything, he got his ass kicked anyway. So I don't know exactly what his game plan was. Was it just try to like do as little as possible and get a decision? Was that I don't know if that was his plan because obviously that didn't work. Uh, Ochi was doing everything and was doing he, he was. He was he took down Tsunabe in the first and second round. Uh, I have my notes that yeah that that Tsunabe was doing nothing and in the third round he got he got a hook on Tsunabe, uh, then an over overhand right knocked him down and then delivered all those those sock kicks and I have that in the, I have in my notes Tsunabe looked like shit. I never want to see him in Ryzen ever again. <laughs> yeah, and he pretty much did Pancrase a solid failure. 
And uh, you think that, you know, he'd be the better fighter being from Pancras and also because he was on a 16-fight win streak. Obviously, this was his first fight since shit, 2010, I think. I mean, this was his first loss since 2010, if I'm not mistaken, but still. That's eight years you know, ago, yeah. That's showing, that's showing for him, didn't, you know, didn't really display how much of a fighter, how much of a good fighter he was supposed to have been. I, I, I agree with that, but, you know, you have to go by what, what they do in that, in that current fight, and when I saw from him, in this fight, well, it was totally, it was a shit performance. It, it, it wasn't like that he was getting even outclassed. If he was getting outclassed and trying to do stuff, you could say, oh, you know what? Ochi's just a better fighter, you know, but it's Tsunabe's trying. Like, it, it, like with uh, Ogi Kubo, uh, not Ogi Kubo, excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, excuse me, Ogi Kubo and, uh, and uh, uh, Horiguchi. Yo, Okupa was getting out of class, but I saw him trying to fight. And so, uh-huh. that was telling me, okay, this guy's still worthy of fighting again in Ryzen. Tsunabe was getting out of class and doing nothing when he went out to get out of, to try and not be out of class. And when he was, when he was neutral, not doing anything to try to advance and, and look, good, uh, look good in the judge's eyes. It was quite a pitiful performance, and I hope um, I forgot the uh, the name of the president of Pancreas. Uh, uh, his name. Um, um, well, shit. Let me go ahead and because this is probably a brain fart to both of us. Oh, Masakatsu Sakai. Yes, I w- if, if 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 Minoru Suzuki was still running pa- Pancreas, I would be fearing for my life if I was Tsunabe. But now, but, oh, yeah. but, but, uh, since, oh, yeah, if I was Minoru Suzuki and I was running Pancrase, I would basically give Mitsuhisa Tsunabe a damn gotch pile driver. Exactly. Right in front of everybody. And I hope, I hope, uh, I hope the president, uh, of uh, Pancrase had a, had a game of a tongue lashing. Because I hope you, you agree with me that that was a shitty performance that he put on, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, I, all the credit in the world to Ochi. Uh, he was underdog going this fight, and he clearly won. Uh, he, 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 you know, bring him on for, you know, for another. Um, I know that that strawweight's probably uh, a very hard division to put people in, just because men's strawweight. You know, oof, that's you know, there's probably not that many fighters uh, internationally. Um, Japan probably it has the most, but pro- I can't think of any in America, any strawweight men in America. Uh, oh, no. like-, like I said in the like I said in the preview of this, ain't no man gonna ain't, ain't no American guy gonna drop down from regular walking weight, which is like 130 pounds, to fight at pack mule, pretty much. <laughs> so I don't know who Ochi can fight next. Um, you know, uh, in Japan, but you know, bring him on for another Ryzen uh show. But uh, yeah, just based on uh, on on how on the performance of uh Tsunabe, this is this is why this was my least favorite fight in the card, just because it was it was a it was a pitiful excuse from 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 a from that type of fighter at his level. Hmm. Well, 
Hey, you know what? If you... Do you, uh, what do you think about the the two bo- differences in their body? Ochi was like short and, uh, and 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 very thick, muscular. Tsunabe was tall and thin. Like that is, I just I thought th- I thought the 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 disparate uh, bodies between the two was very was actually fascinating uh, to uh, observe. Oh no! Yeah, no. Ochi. That's what I said. Ochi. Ochi was looking like very stocky and muscular, um, but uh, Tsunabe was was he looked tall. He was tall and thin. Tall and thin. I just thought it was really funny, just like how different the two two of them looked um, for this weight division. Mm-hmm. But still, I just hope that when it comes down to this strong weight. Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, good luck for Ryzen to uh, uh, and finding more men's um um straw um uh, sorry straw weight did I say straw weight yeah okay. straw yeah uh men's straw weight um if they can um you know it's gonna uh by all means go ahead and find them in in, in uh in Asia because you you're not gonna find any here unfortunately. Yes, uh, and it's, if we're gonna go from straw weight, we have to go to the poor opposite now, to oh, yeah. to open weight. The axis has basically the axis was completely turned. Exactly. When it came down to this fight. Uh, go ahead, go, deliver the details of of this of this one. Seriously? When I say that I enjoyed this fight, I'm enjoying it on a level like what you ever see you ever hear of the movie The Room? Oh, I heard of it. I heard that it's basically like a spin-off of it. Well, do you ever see a movie that's so bad that you cannot help but enjoy it? For its for its badness. Oh, the Toxic Avenger comes to mind. <laughs> hey, listen, I love the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger is an awesome movie. But yes, you get the point. You get you get it, you get it. This fight 
was so bad that I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it was the best fight on the card, but it was the most, the fight I enjoyed watching the most, if that makes any sense. I agree with you on that, because the only, the only part of this fight I've really seen was the third and final round, where basically, Bob Sapp just beat Osunarachi to a living pulp. He just didn't have enough gas in the taste to knock him out. Well, this we got. Osunarachi was basically unwilling to fight. He was basically just doing everything he can to just get out of there in one piece. We, I, I want to talk about this fight in death because this fight is was so fascinating. I think I think first first of all we predicted that this fight was gonna be awful, and I can never I could I I am going to admit I was wrong. Well, I was wrong in the fact that this was not bad awful. I thought this would be you know we thought this would probably be you know just a quick you know a quick win for Osunarashi. You know there, he's gonna be the next uh, sumo turn MMA star, and that could not have been farther from the truth from what happened. First of all, Bob Sapp came out to 2001 Space Odyssey's um, uh, opening themes, uh, opening uh, song uh, theme from the movie, which was awesome. He looked like a monster. He looked like a monster coming out of his cape and all that and all that stuff. And we had Osuna, who came out in the Egyptian pharaoh costume with the staff, and it was. Exactly. So these entrances were awesome, and it you know also you got the audience as well. I think helped this fight, helped enjoy this fight. They were incredibly behind Bob Sapp because in the first round, what happened was that uh, Osuna was throwing these horrible punches at Sapp, and you know how what Sapp does when he gets punched, he covers up immediately. Doesn't even have to be on like. Oh god, they they, they looked uh, they looked like the lightest punches in the world. It looked it uh, you couldn't even crush a fight with them. But 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 it, it was volume, you know, and it looked like the fight was gonna stop, was gonna be stopped. But then Bob Sapp managed to get out of it, and then as soon as he as soon as he gets out of it, he just the look on his face. If you if if you saw it, I don't know if you saw it, but his his face just turned. He j- he just turned emotionally on as a fighter. Oh, of course he did. I don't know why or how. If it was because it was in Japan, if it was because against another sumo fighter, but then the audience started just getting behind him, and then they just they just started. They they what happened was that <laughs> they just I'm sorry I'm looking at my notes and then. They they Go just. It's so funny. Just uh, they were just they just stared at each other for a number of seconds. They just stared like like if you're playing Mortal Kombat and and you're playing with your friend and you just left the controllers on, and you just you know how you see the fire just do their do their um their 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 um their uh set uh, moving pose. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's what they basically did for the entire after the after that whole thing with um um with the barrage of punches from Asuna and, and uh 
stop this game. That's what they basically did. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the big bad is even better. Even during the the uh, break, they cut the Gomi, Takanori Gomi, and Yusuke Yachi, and they are cracking up as they're watching this. They're not, and I even, they're not even like, oh, exactly, they they have no trill, they think it's the most hilarious thing in the world, and then, second round, Osuna was gonna go for a takedown, an underhook, uh, an underhook takedown against Sap, and you think, oh, Osuna's gonna get it, he's got, a, he's a sumo guy, he, he, he's, a, he's a strong in the takedown, what happened was that, he got, Sap managed to sweep, and get mounts. Oh no! <laughs> and what happened was that he was trying. Sap was on top the entire round, the entire, basically the entire round, and was trying to. And I try, and I say trying to deliver punches, but you could hear him breathing so hard. He is so exhausted. He, you just hear these. <gasps> Is exactly. He sounds like he is gonna die. He said, and but he wins this round because he got mount and a few punches in. But what happened was that when the round when the round ended, Sat of uh, the Osuna was still on the ground and had to be had to will himself up to get up. Oh, and then wow. in the third round. They are both so tired that even the referee t- gave them both a yellow card because they weren't fighting. Exactly, and and Bob Sad just happened to get a bunch of punches in, and uh, you know Osuna was like, well, even ran away, turning his back to him, which is what you never do in a mixed martial arts fight. In fact, actually, some MMA matches have been have been have been stopped because you turn your back to your opponent because that's considered uh, um, a TKO or a submission. Exactly. Exactly. But Osuna did that. And, you know, when the round ended, they both give each other a hug and the audience, audience gave them such a pop. They loved it. And this, and I loved it too. This fight was so enjoyable on, 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 a, on a level of bad MMA that I could appreciate it for its lack of skill and also for the fact that, as you said, Bob Sapp, you know, he, uh, he uh, stopped, his, he broke his uh, 13, uh, 13 fight, I think it was 13 fight losing streak. He finishes, and is still two and zero against two and zero against. Uh, uh, actually, now would be three and zero. Exactly. Uh, so you know, it was kind of it was supposed to be Osuna's um breakout party, but instead it turned out to be Bob Sapp's. Oh, by, oh! By the way, the other thing as well, you hear, you can hear Josh Barnett is in the corner of Osuna, and you're hearing him yelling him instructions, and Osuna is just not doing any of that shit. He has no idea what to do. Yeah, if I were Josh Barnett, I would have 
You know, I I thought this fight was so enjoyable. Like I said, on, on a level, I don't know what you do from here with with Bob Sapp and Osuna. Osuna is so bad; he is so awful. Like like here's the thing: Baruto was not a good MMA fighter, but he still know he still knew his strengths and weaknesses. He, he knew that he could basically. Outpower out, out guys and, and and basically take them down and lay on top of them. I know it's not the most exciting way, but he still knew his strengths. And he was a 4 0 fighter rising. Osuna? Exactly, exactly. Osuna, I have no idea how, what he can do. I saw a guy who is awful, who is just terrible. Who is, you know, if he's going to lose some weight to increase his cardio, sure, good. But I think that's easier said than done with a guy of his size. Sap, I don't know what you do with him. Ver- have him face Crow Cop? No. <laughs> because if he does face off against Crow Cop, he's going to get his head kicked in. I don't know. How about Roque Martinez? I don't know what you do with Sap. You gotta capitalize on this win, on the, on this, on this winning streak, on this, on this rising winning streak that he has. What do you do? What do you do, Christian? I mean, I don't know, but first of all, when it comes to Osuna Rashi, he's he's gonna pretty much be done. He's gonna be a one and doneer when it comes down to fighters from other forms of combat sports or other forms of sports in general. Okay, so uh, how about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna name some some MMA fighters, and I want you to tell me if you uh, who you think who you think is better them uh, them or Osuna. You ready? Okay. CM Punk. Better than Osuna. Uh, Giant Silva. Better than Osuna. Um. Oh. Um. Uh. Um. Um. Uh, who was that? Not, not was it Jindrak? Who was the um? Who was the MMA fighter, or was it, or what was his partner's name? Um, I'm forgetting his name. Sean O'Hare. Sean O'Hare. May he rest in peace. Yes. Better than Osuna Rashi. Uh, Jose Canseco. <laughs> Better than Osuna Rashi. <laughs> hey, for those that don't know, Jose Canseco actually was in an MMA fight quite a number of years ago. Oh, without without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, what do you do? So you think that uh, Osuna's one and done? Hopefully so. I mean, if he can, if he can improve off of that, if he can basically 
you know, go back and apologize to Josh Barnett for that terrible performance he had, he's pretty much one and done. Boom. He might as well go ahead and be like Balto Kaido Hoverson and just be a Japanese Tarento, well, which he- is a Japanese foreign celebrity. Well, here's, you know... I don't see how Osuna can can really improve. He's not gonna he's not gonna become a, a jujitsu guy. Um, he's not you know. As big as he is, he can't be yeah. anything else but a wrestler. I mean, well, is it more or less, more or less Baruto's done of rise at this point? Is that basically confirmed? Because that's the only fight I can even remotely think of to have between uh, would be him would be Baruto and Osuna. Uh, Akibono is still in the is still has medical issues, and even if he didn't have medical issues, I don't know if I would still want to see. I don't know if I want to see that. But the only fight I don't think we would want to see a Bob Akibono three at this point. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I mean. I don't know. What I I think you know, uh, oh, they this fight was Curry's os was Curry made for Osuna to win, and that didn't happen. So it's kind of like what do you what do you do with the game plan? Because they uh, they they threw the baby out of the bathwater basically. Exactly. But what about Bob Sapp? What do you think? What do you what do you think? Um, is next for him in Ryzen? Not a damn thing. You really think so? Obviously, he was a world beater once upon a time, and then the world beat up on him. Now he <laughs> needs to just go ahead, ride off into the sunset, retire with his pachinko bottles, and basically just, you know, think about life after fighting. I mean, obviously, Gary Goodrich had all those concussions. I think there have been a few other MMA fighters that I've had you know, concussion problems, and I think Bob Sapp just might have a few himself from competing in kickboxing, wrestling, and MMA. So, you know, when it comes down to Bob Sapp, I just think he needs to go ahead and, you know, hang up his tights. I think I think I cannot be understated of this celebrity that Bob Sapp has. Even when I was in Japan, I saw him in commercials on television there. That is still the level of celebrity that he has in Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, if, 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 I don't know who they, who they, you can make a match with him next, but if they do have another Bob Sapp uh, match in Ryzen, you know what? I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm going to look forward to it. Hmm. You know what? I have to agree with you because, you know, he just got his first victory in a long time in mixed martial arts and you know, even if he's given an opponent like Shane Carwin, who was supposed to have made his return back to his, back to MMA last year, even if it's even if it's against Shane Carwin or somebody like that, that's a big bulky heavyweight who's just basically destroying people. Even if it's against like Alexandru Lungu, who fights out of Romania and was a veteran of Pride FC. I wouldn't mind seeing him face off against him either. Even, even if it's against Vitaly Shimatov, who we have heard so much about. I think I 
more importantly, when it comes down to running the Focus Fight Twitter account, even if it's against Vitaly Shimatol, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen. Here's a here's a here's a thought. So as I don't know if you've heard, but um, for those that are in the wrestling uh, know-how, uh, Alberto El Patron, formerly Alberto Del Rio of WWE, has said he's returning to MMA and he's going to be facing a, an opponent with a name. In Mexico, in the U.S. and Mexico, of course. Do you think? Do you think Del Rio versus Bob Sapp could be a match made? Um, no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, well, first of all, uh, just also wanted to uh, give a, a shout-out uh, shout to Road FC because you brought up Alexander Lugo, Lungo, uh, who fights for Road FC. And, um, yeah, you know, um, I don't know if I would want to see that. Probably would end very badly for for Sap, but nonetheless, you know, I hope Bob Sapp's future with Ryzen will have a future with Ryzen um, after this uh, incredible. I I want to say breathtaking, but obviously they were all out, they were both out of breath when this fight ended. So I can't say breathtaking. I I guess extremely winded uh, performance from him. Uh, that, uh, he has a, uh, another fight in Ryzen. Right. But hey, if you think about it, at least it wasn't Mike Kimball Slice versus Donna 5000 from two years ago. Um, I, that, I, I, I also enjoyed that fight on, on kind of the same level. Um, it was, uh, that was just, well, I think it was made worse by the fact that Dada 5000 was declared clinically dead in the ring, in the ca- excuse me, in the cage, right, uh, during that fight. He actually, he for those that don't know, uh, Dada 5000 had a heart attack, and he actually did die, uh, briefly. I think that's what happened, right? Yeah, he was, I think, taken to Memorial Hermann Hospital, obviously, despite was in Houston. He was taken to Memorial Hermann. And uh, doctors there brought him back to life, but unfortunately the same couldn't be said for Kimbo because obviously he passed away, may he rest in peace. Yep. But that well, could have easily been a fight where both of those fighters would have died. So, oh, well, so then, it's, so obviously the match now to make is Bob Sapp versus Donna 5000, open weight. No, 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 no. Oh, no? You're probably right. You're, well, here's the thing. If you make it open weight, don't have to worry about the weight cut, then guess what? No worry about about, about any, any heart attacks from weight cutting. Keep it one round for 10 minutes. And uh, I think... Uh, or you know what? Be generous. One round, five minutes. I'm trying to think. Of there's, there's probably there must have been some exhibition fights. Well, hold on, well, hold on, well, well, technically, wasn't the um the Sakuraba 
uh, uh, the Sakuraba Gracie fight just one long round? Oh, actually, I think the Sakuraba Gracie fight, the Sakuraba Hoist Gracie, no, the Sakuraba Hendo Gracie fight was like 15, 6 minute rounds. Uh, well, no, no, I'm about the ho- Actually, it's 15 minute rounds. Well, the, well, the Hoist Gracie round, wasn't the Hoist Gracie round just, oh, just, 90, just oh, 90 minutes straight through? Well, I guess that counts as one rounds. I guess uh-huh. if you want to say that, but like as for as far as like one round being five minutes, um, probably the amateurs, probably the amateurs or or, or local region. There's gotta be like something that's like oh, only one round, five minutes. I feel like. Uh-huh. But I think we've talked enough about this fight. We need to go to the actual, the actual, actual technical fights. Uh, oh, from now on. I just want to say that I thought it was incredibly ironic that Krokop won of one of elbows, especially in Japan. He's always and he's on the record saying that he doesn't like elbows because they would that it it would be it would end the fights too early or that it would or it, it could cause it could cause a cut to lose a to, to lose a fight and not the knockout. Um, so it was just funny. I just found that very ironic. Um, as a fight to make. Um, I think the fight to make is now for now. The reason why you bring up Josh Barnett, of course, is um, I don't know if we talked about it last time or if it even was announced, but Josh Barnett is no longer with the UFC anymore, he is officially a free agent. Um, And I don't know if you heard today, um, for WrestleMania weekend next year, uh, it's going to be up here on the East Coast. Um, they're doing WrestleMania at, um, whatever it is, Jersey's, the, the Jets Stadium. Yeah, and, stadium yeah. So, the, you know, they're going to be having all the WrestleMania weekend independent shows. And, uh, la- well, this year, they had Matt Riddle's Bloodsport, which was bas- basically a UWFI type shoot style type of uh, wrestling promotion, Josh Barnett announced today that he's going to be doing Josh Barnett's Blood Sports next year. You know what? That's going to be beautiful. And, you know, if you're going out to the event, if you are going to, if you are going to the event, we should do like a special review. I mean, we should do a special preview and review broadcast just for that. Oh, that'd be great. You know, um, let me uh, actually just find the uh, actual Twitter quote here. By the way, I do, you know, I do want to say 
Josh Barnett gets uh, plus 10 from me because when we did the 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 uh, the interview with Lisa Garcia with her with her fight um try to remember who it was against um I believe it was against Hamazaki if I remember correctly uh but um uh he retweeted that that interview and my god that interview kind of blew up because of him retweeting it so oh, wow. Barnett's a boy he's a good boy uh yes yeah, uh, it's gonna be April fourth, twenty nineteen. It's gonna be in New Jersey, which I'm not, I'm not happy about, but uh, whatever. It's gonna be part of GCW, uh, Game Changer Wrestling, and that's gonna. Be, he call, he says wrestling's getting real. Oh, it's mad real. <laughs> now I think it'd be even more newsworthy if he puts himself on the card. Um, if he does that, I you know. I'd be, that would be quite awesome, but I don't know, you know. Well, we go, let's go back to, let's not get derailed too much on getting into wrestling, but going back to your thing, uh, whether it's uh, Crow Cop versus Prochaska or uh, uh, versus Crow Barnett. Um, let's see, so uh, so four. Uh, it, wait, four? They fought each other three times? I thought it was two. Yes. Wow. And Oh, uh, oh yes! Didn't he? What didn't Josh Barnett uh, injure his leg or his arm or he were injured during one of the matches? Uh, I think so. To be honest, I think so. When it came down to one of the fights that he had against him. I mean, let me go ahead and check because I know they fought four times. The most notably of which was in September of 2006 when Krokop defeated Barnett. For the Pride Openweight Grand Prix title, and they all and they, and all their fights were in Pride. That's correct, right? Mm, yes, all of their fights were inside the Pride FC ring. Kind of funny. I'm surprised that their their paths never recrossed the UFC. I'm actually kind of surprised about that. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. So technically, I think he. So technically, uh, Josh uh, Krokop has a submission win over over Josh Barnett on the record. Well, actually, two submission wins. The first fight he had with Krokop on Halloween 2004, and then over two years later, he had I mean, he defeated Josh Barnett via tap out due to strikes to become the Pride Openweight Grand Prix champion. Ah. Oh, that's interesting. So he has two submission wins over. Exactly. Um, but do you think that the fans will be interested more in seeing Krokop Barnett four or Krokop Prochaska? Well, this 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 becomes it becomes a question of do you want more the draw more or do you wanna do you wanna get, make a? Do you want a virtual pass into the torch? Yes, and the risk of that is you know. What's just you know, Krokop could lo- uh, could win, and then Prochaska, you know, he loses his momentum. Um, if you just do the if you do Krokop and um, Barnett, you know, it's a it, you know, it's kind of like a uh, it's a it's you know, it, it's a it's a rematch from Pride. It's a rematch from Pride that a lot that that people remember from, um, mm-hmm. and. You know whether Josh whether Josh wins or Krokop wins, either you know, you know, Cro- no matter what, Krokop will 
it, you know, if it is, if he does, if he's really retiring, like he supposedly said he's going to retire at the end of this year, uh, I don't, you know, no matter what, Krokop does not look bad in the end, uh, no matter the outcome, in my opinion. Um, but obviously, I think if you're a businessman, you would maybe want to do Barnett and Krokop. But, you know, you do, you know, Prochaska has the can become the next Krokop. And we're going to oh, talk. Exactly. We, yes, could, he could. we could talk about that. We'll talk about that much later. Um, uh, but you, the, he still, he still doesn't have, he, he's still not a, it could, it could, I, he could make his name by, well known by defeating Krokop if he has that match. But then if you, if he had the match and Krokop defeats him, I do feel that he does lose kind of steam, um, and momentum, uh, as a fighter. It's a very tough choice, um. But as of right now, if you pull the gun to my head, I just think you have to do Crocop uh, versus Prochaska. Uh, and, and just to spoil a little bit that we're going to be talking later, Prochaska did win his fight. Uh, and obviously Crocop won his fight. Uh, they were both undefeated in Ryzen. Um, and. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes. Correct. King Mo. King Mo the first totally forgot about that. Yeah, I, yes, totally forgot about that. But ever since then, he has been undefeated in Ryzen, and, and he's also finished all but one of his opponents since then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. barring his one loss to to King Mo, and that is King Mo. So, you know, that was when King Mo was good and cared about fighting. It is. I think I think that's a fight to make. They've been, uh, Prochaska's been talking up, talking it up. Um, I think it's the right time to have the the new guard versus the old guard. And you do it for New Year's Eve. What do you think? Hey, I think that would be a perfect idea. I mean, it would be a great way for Miracle to end his career, and it would be a great way for Jerry. To get the torch passed on to him. Oh, yeah, but put it this way, so like you know, so so Krokop is three and zero against Barnett. If Barnett were to win, that three does nothing. Krokop wins; he's four and zero against Barnett. You know, let's compare it to like the the Wanderlei, uh Rampage Jackson match that just happened uh, last week in Bellator. Um, now, uh, which uh, uh, Rampage won by uh, by knockout by. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, now I think I think it's uh is it three and one rampage? It's actually two two. Two two. That was it. Two two. I don't think I really don't think it's gonna lead to a fifth fight. Yeah. So you know what? I I think that that that's a good ending to to the story. You know, they each they had their they got each got their wins in, in Pride, and then they had their fight in UFC, uh, which uh rampage which rampage won. So and we all. This it was a great way to does 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 Wanderlei put away Rampage for good or does Rampage come back and 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 uh and and change and change and change that record up and uh to make it even and so you know what what happens that Rampage won so yeah like you said they're two and two and 
that was you know it's still it was still an intriguing fight from a, a, uh from that standpoint. In terms of Crow Cop and Barnett, you know, when you tell when it's three and oh, it's it doesn't tell me that it tells me uh it's not it's that's not as intriguing of a matchup as, you know, a, as two and one. Does that make sense? Well, when I talked with him, uh, and you can hear this in our interview with him, and also in the write-up I did for MMA Sucka, um, he said that he's supposed to be having some, uh, that they're supposed to be doing, having some challengers come up for him for, um, for deep, uh, for that Megaton Championship, because he actually hasn't defended it over a year after he won it from, uh, Jaideep Singh. Um, so, you know, if, if, if you get the challenger, sure, by all means, go defend that championship. Nobody likes the championships that are just... Being being put on uh being used as um as paperwork. Doormat, yes, yes. Uh, but he definitely has a future in Ryzen. What do you think about about the way this fight was finished with the with the cut? Um, do you think that was a legitimate cut to end the fight on? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And in fact, he did not look bad against Crow Cop. He did not look bad at all. Um, yeah, that's that's one of those fights where like I wish it had gone longer, because then it would it would it would be a I would love I would just would love to see where it could go. But it didn't go beyond the first round after that 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 cut from him. Um, I don't know. I kind of think it was a little bit of a of a shitty way to end the match. Um, I kind you know, I've seen worse in MMA. This wasn't a tournament. This wasn't a tournament match. This wasn't, it, it was, I, I think, I feel like I've seen, it was kind of like when, do you remember when, uh, Kosaka busted up Fedor with that headbutt? Uh, yeah, I remember. It's kind of like that, where it's kind of like, I don't know, you can, uh, I know, I know that, and I know that the reason that Ryzen also does is because, they're also on, on on TV there. They're on terrestrial television, Fuji TV. Uh, so I think there's there's also some uh, hesitance towards blood and all that stuff. But I think it's I think you kind of you know what the round end and if the cut is really that like th- this past week with uh, USC two twenty nine they had uh, the Pettis and uh, and uh, and F- Ferguson match. Um, you know, I, you know, if that cut was, well, actually, they didn't end it because the cut was that bad, it's because, uh, it was because, um, Pettis' hand was broken, he said he couldn't continue, but Pettis was cut open pretty bad, if they had stopped it based on, on Dr. Stoppage for his, for those cuts, I wouldn't have been shocked at all, I think they should have let the round go on, and then, you know, if the cut's really that bad, at the end of the round, then wave it off, that's my personal opinion. What do you think? Where do you think uh, Rocky Martinez goes from here? Hey, you know what? If he doesn't have a place in Ryzen for New Year's Eve or for any of the 2019 cards, I think he should go 
to deep and defend that Megaton Championship. Now, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Now, before we go on to the before we go on to the next bout, I just have to ask you a question. I mean, and I know this might be stating the obvious, but do you think that even though Kid Yamamoto passed away, I mean, even though Kid Yamamoto passed away, obviously with having that crappy run in the UFC, do you think that Urson and Miyu probably might be the main one? I mean, do you think that Team Crazy B actually might be, you know, holding something special when it comes down to the future of not only Kid Yamamoto's legacy, but... JMMA at home? Um, I think uh, I think so. Uh, what is Urson doing now at this point? He hasn't fought uh, a long time uh, since uh, he lost against Cape. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, at least he made the appearance when it came down to... It's actually... I'm, I'm on his uh, tapology right now. Uh, 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 on 10-15, it will be a full year since he's had a MMA fight. Damn. You know, I just hope that he can at least get a fight book for next year. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Um, I still think that fight that he you had... Know, between Arson, Miyu, and Yusuke Yachi, as well as the rest of the Crazy Beat Camp, do you think that the entire Crazy Beat Camp holds something special when it comes down to the future of JMMA? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I think they are... They are if you know, if we're gonna put this in, in in New Japan pro wrestling, um, uh, terms, they are new. They are Shinnihon Six Sekigun. They are the New Japan. They are basically the Ryzen, uh, the de the de facto Ryzen fighting team for the organization. They are the ones. Because I see whenever when I went to Ryzen the two times I've been there and uh, when I watch them I see so many crazy B um, t-shirts towels it's very you know it's it's it's, it's fascinating it's very rare where the team very, not a lot of teams are well known but crazy B seems to be one of the few teams that actually has a following among the team itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I I think that Crazy B itself, I they Urson, Yachi, uh, Miyu, um, forgetting some of the other members right now. But I, right now, um, they are they are keeping. I I think they are kind of, they're they're underrated unsung heroes of JMMA right now. They really are. They are the top JMMA team right now, and I'm not count, I'm not gonna count like an AKA or a Team Alpha Male. I'm talking about a a homegrown Japanese promotion. Uh, excuse me, team team. Uh, that is that that's not from some American Western Splinter thing. They they are they're the ones that that when who oh you know that when the fires from Team Crazy B. 
you know that they that they have something special behind them. Or if you're a Megumi Fuji fighter, you know you're from Abe Ane Combat Club or AACB for short. Yes, yes. Uh, now Horiguchi, he was originally with um, uh, Crazy B. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That he was. He Did was actually a protege of Kid Yamamoto. Was Did he leave because of when he got the USC contract, or did he leave before that? Okay, and then he transitioned to uh, to uh, AKA, right? American Top Team. American Top, oops, Ron American, uh, ATT, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, oh, that, okay, that makes sense. I mean, if you want to even go right there, you know, you have Horiguchi who came, who started, basically made his name in, um, in Crazy B. So if you want, if you need any other evidence right now of what Crazy B's influence on MMA right now is, then Kim Yamamoto's yell as well. Yeah, they are they are unsung heroes in MMA right now, and I'm happy that like you know we have a team, a Japanese uh, fighting team that like people actually know offhand, and uh, and and that will and Team Crazy B once again uh, shows how good of fighters they are, especially in this next match. to go to Andy Nguyen coming out Entrance was absolutely astounding, and actually all of her entrances are. What um, I'm forgetting the other songs she's come out to, but she's coming out to different songs all the time. But coming out to Smooth Criminal, oh, I think she came out to Lenny Kravitz, American Woman. That was she came it. Out to Summer 69. 
Yes. Um, not she understands the performance art of MMA. Well, and also just she understands the entertainment aspect of it so much. And actually, it's funny. Uh, I, um, I know you're not a big fan of Dave Meltzer, but Dave Meltzer did talk about. He said that she has so much charisma that uh, it's unfortunate that uh, that if she were younger. She could totally just get. She could get by uh, on such charisma with her record. I think her age, her age holds her a little bit back as well. For, uh, uh, as well, but I mean, well, you know, both ladies do not look their age. That's first stating facts. Well, exactly. Um, but yes, Andy Nguyen, even though she came out the loser, in my personal opinion, she was the winner when it came to entrances for the show. Yes, uh, well, also, we got to make note, Andy Nguyen did come in at weight. All the fighters came in at, 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 uh, on weight. Last time uh, Andy Nguyen had a fight, it was for the uh, women's Adam Weight tournament, which she did not make weight for. Um, in a fight that she, uh, and she fought Reyna and lost to Reyna. But, um, yes, uh, she, she got a second chance. And she, uh, she uh, while she lost... You know, she was she was definitely outclassed by uh by by Miyu, uh out wrestled, out grappled, uh and you know, the first fight ended in a um was it I believe it was an arm bar submission by uh Nguyen? Yeah, straight armbar. Yep. Um I still see Miyu does still Kind of leaves herself open to submissions, but she's now much more aware of defenses for that, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on though on Miu? Well, because here's me. It was the third round, and it was only about maybe ten, t- a few, a few seconds or more into the into the into the round. She tried to go for an armbar, but the but the bell sounded before uh, before she could go for it. Do you think that that Miyu could have gotten her first finish with that armbar? Had she, had there been a few more seconds yeah, in the round? Of course. of course, she would have gotten her first finish if she would have had a few more seconds to work with. I think that's still the one thing that I want Miyu to get is a is a surefire finish. Yeah, she's dominating her opponents and going to decisions, but I think she and I think she wants it more. Is is to get a definitive decision win over an opponent, uh-huh. and I think you know, I kind you know, I wish that that would have been the ending to this to this match because we all remember Kid Yamamoto for his, for his you know for his highlight real finishes, and it would have been a great way to end the the, the end the match that way. It didn't happen, um, but I think I think that's what Miyu's goal should be. It's not just only win, but to go for a finish, and to show that she that she's just not a one note wrestler fighter, because that will only take her so far. Uh huh. Exactly. But still, when it comes down to it, I think 
really well, and I think the only one out of them that has a fight coming up is Andy Nguyen, and she's going to be fighting at the X1 World Events 51 event in Hawaii on November 17th versus Yai Valley, and that event will happen, I think, let me go ahead and check, that event, X1 World Events 51, going to happen at the Neil S. Blaisdell Center in Honolulu, Hawaii. I do not know if it's going to be on Fight TV and the Fight TV app because the last time they had not been on there, it was for free. And oh, by the way, on that card as well, Melvin Gilliard is going to face off against Zay Kamaka for the X1 World Defense Welterweight Championship, of which I hope Gilliard comes in at weight for Welterway now. Wow, he's going around the weight. He's going around the weight divisions, all around the world. Mm-hmm. Actually, just speaking of of, uh, of Fight TV, um, and I I do want to note this because this is the first time it's ever happened. For the big at the beginning of the show, maybe up until the second fight, I'm gonna say the kickboxing match. Uh there was audio uh, audio issues for the first for the first part of this show. Did you did you get any of that when you saw it? Oh yeah, I think I had some. I mean, I think I got some of those audio issues. It was the audio was out of sync. It was like a ten second delay, so the the announcers were like ahead of what was actually going on screen. Um, I don't know if it was a it was a symptom of the typhoon or if it was just just it just happened to be that day to have technical issues. But I just I'm only bringing up because there had never been. Any issues ever before with Fight TV and Ryzen shows? I've had issues with 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 wrestling shows, but are the you know those are are small shindy shows where you kind of I don't want to say you should expect them, but it's not surprised that it happened. But I was actually kind of surprised. But uh, Fight TV, you know, they got right on it and it, they had it all cleared up before the second the um the second match. It was all good. It was all good and clear. So, you know, hats off to Fight TV for you know for not having like the first entire half be out of sync. Exactly. Now let's go ahead and go to the next fight, and uh, I think it's the fight that everybody everybody was particularly anticipating. Yep. Uh, the versus Gucci, where obviously. Much like how it was in 2004, the kickboxer defeated the highly talented JMMA star via unanimous decision. I mean, can't you believe it? Oh, well, you know, I I will I did predict Kyochi Horiguchi winning. I will say though, he won the second round. He won that second round pretty hands down. So I will say that it. I don't think it was as... You know, it was actually funny. A lot of people were comparing it. It was almost kind of exactly like how Yamamoto and Masato had their match. It had the low blows. It had Yamamoto winning at least one round. I don't remember which round it was, but... I think I think one of the rounds had Yamamoto. You could say he 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 may have won, and then you had the two low blows in the uh, in the um, in, in in both matches. It was kind of funny how they kind of really mirrored each other. Yeah, 
really, if you think about it. Um, Oh, exactly, exactly, and you know, uh, I got you got. I'm gonna, you know, give credit to both. You know, you know, they didn't play it safe. They went both went there for a finish. They abs, they, 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 they were not there to eke out a decision win. Tension went there to to knock out Horiguchi. Horiguchi went there to knock out Tension. Um, you know, it was very interesting though to see, you know. A, a very high class MMA fighter fight uh fight against tension. This this actually, you know, I haven't seen all of Tension's kickboxing matches, but I wonder if was this maybe you you have you seen you probably seen more of Tension's kickboxing matches than me. Is it, have you seen a lot of his kickboxing matches? I've only seen a few. Okay, out of the ones that you've seen. Would you say that this that Horiguchi managed to get more to 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 be more tougher than some of his other his, his pure kickboxing opponents? I mean, I think so, but obviously, I don't think that Horiguchi went easy on. I mean, I don't think that Nasukawa went easy on Horiguchi because you know it was Horiguchi's first time in kickboxing. Oh yeah. No, he did. Um, uh, do you well in the third round? Uh, well, first of all, I just there are some highlights of this fight. Second round, um, I, I believe it was the second round. Uh, he uh, uh, tension tried to go for a um, it was a capoeira wizard kick, but Horiguchi just caught it like it was nothing. Do you remember that? Um, but in the third round, he did, uh, Tension did get a, uh, a wheel kick, capoeira kick, whatever you want to call it, to, uh, Horiguchi. What, do you, was Horiguchi, did, did he get rocked with that? Do you think? I think so. I think he did too. But he managed to recover. Uh, neither of these fighters got knocked down, uh, officially. Uh, but, um... No, Tension definitely was the better was the was obviously the better kickboxer because he won. Uh, but you got to see how good Tension was against an opponent, you know, a pure MMA striker. But it definitely did show that you know uh, that that Horiguchi's plan was good up until a point. You know, to get very close in on him, get cl- very close in on him, go for angles, be fast and out of there. You know. It, it it was it was it, uh, such a good match. This is definitely in terms of rising matches. This is definitely in top ten of this year. It was so good. It was so so good. Mm-hmm. Um. And to be quite honest, who do you think will probably have the better chance of landing a better fight on New Year's Eve out of the two? 
Um, well, I mean, I don't know what exact, uh, oh, that could be a, um, I would say, well, I mean, ideally both, but I don't know, like, you know, they both took, a, they both kind of took a beating from each other, but obviously Horiguchi more of a beating. I don't know if he has to take a uh, rest a little bit because I don't know if they have a certain amount of um, suspension days like they do in um, the United States, you know, where there's mandatory. Even if someone doesn't, I, I think that the um, Nevada State Athletic Commission, even if you don't get, if you don't get touched in a fight, you like knock out the guy in 10 seconds and he doesn't even touch you, You st both fighters are still suspend have a mandatory suspension for 30 days from training or, or whatever. But I would have to guess that he has to still. I I guess he could come back in time for a um. For a uh, New Year's Eve fight, um. But obviously tension, you know they, they you know they're gonna be doing that new that kickboxing, uh thing. Obviously the winner of that. I don't know if tension's gonna be in it, or if they're gonna have the winner fight tension. But if you know, I'm trying to think, you know. I saw I saw the article that you just sent me uh, uh, from MMA Sucker where uh, they have um, the the next fight to make for Horiguchi is against uh, Tatsuma Wada. Um, Tatsuma Wada. Uh, so. Um, and the next fight for Tenshin Nakamura would be against. Well, actually, it doesn't really say. Well, here's the thing: we all we all know the fight to make with Tenshin is Takaru. That's that's the fight to make, but that's that's a dream fight at this point. So un until that fight actually is announced and the two fight that until those two fighters are in the are are standing across from one another and the bell rings, I will not believe that fight will happen until then. So I don't know if uh well. Here's the thing, because you, you never know. One fire could get injured, you know, you know, you never know what shenanigans could go on, you know. So, I have to see those two fires in the ring face off, facing off against each other, and then uh, the sound of the bell for me to believe the fight's actually happening. So, until then, that fight's a dream fight. For tension, you know, I don't want, I don't know. Like, obviously, I don't think you put, I don't know if you want to put him in any, any, any more MMA matches. Um... I don't think he wants to do MMA, at least for the time being. Um, for kickboxing, you know, I thought that Taiga could be one, but, you know, obviously, with what his fight, obviously not. Um, I'm sure Tetra's got some, some title to, uh, to defend uh, for some uh, kickboxing organization, so... No, he's got that. He a, yeah, he's having a rise title to defend. He is, I think, the 2018... No, he is the rise 57-kilogram world champion. I know. He's got that first. I mean, uh... He's going to have to deal with whatever comes up with New Year's Eve. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, do you think Topnoy could make uh, 125 and do a kickboxing match with uh, Tension? I kind of don't like giving a, 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 a I don't like giving someone who wins a fight a loser. That's my personal uh, belief. But you know, it's a kickboxing match. Um, 
I don't know what uh, what Top Noise kickboxing record is. I will assume it's pretty good. Um, and I will probably assume it's high in the 100s as far as wins and fights go. I, I, yes. Uh, so if you want to do that, uh, go ahead and do that. I well, you know, if, if Ryzen wants to have another kickboxing match, you know, um, you know, the recent fight that, uh, that, uh, Tension had with, uh, Rotang, right? Uh, didn't he have, well, actually, nope, never mind. Rotang is with 1FC now, I just remembered. So, never mind, you can't do that rematch again. Um, can't do that match again. I don't know, I guess if, you know, let's see how, you know, if you want to do top no intention, 125, kickboxing match, I guess you could do that. I'm intrigued by that. Um, problem is that tension is so good that, like, he's so much at a level that, like, I don't know, like, who, who he could... The only reason why I would say Rotang is because there were some people who said that he thought that he that that they thought he won that fight that they didn't think Tension won. Uh-huh. So you know when you have that type of of uh, of um uh, of feedback for a fight, I think you know it kind of deserves a rematch, especially because of of how uh, how heavy it was that some people thought that Rotten won. Other than that, you know, um, mm, I don't know. Are there any uh any uh kickboxers that um. Or, or any uh, kickboxers you can think of? Uh, to be honest, not that I know of. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking up uh, kickboxers right now in my desperate attempt to think of um, of people who could uh, who could possibly uh, face uh, him. Um. That's the other thing that I, was, I don't even think that I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of kickboxers, but they're not even not even at his weight. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess you know if they want to do that New Year's Eve thing and he faces the winner, yeah, do that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool because it would basically give people a reason to, you know, pay attention and actually enjoy it. Yeah, because here's the thing: if he's in it. We kind of know he's going to probably win it. And I can't... Um... <laughs> can... 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 Can make... Make 125? Can what? Can... Bu, bu, can... Can somebody... Can... Bu, 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 Kyle make 125? I can't think so. He's the only one. Like, he's the only other name... Like, like big name kickboxer right now, like right now, who I can think of. But I know he can probably, unless he cuts off an arm and a leg, can't can't probably make one twenty five. It would be intri- that would be an incredibly intriguing matchup if it could happen. But unfortunately, it cannot. Unfortunately. But yes, if you if you haven't seen uh, the tension Horiguchi match, please go out of your way to see it. Um, I think it's fair to say it was my favorite fight on the card. Um, uh, was it? What about you? Where's the stand on your uh, on your end? It was okay. I mean, I enjoyed it because of the fact that it was an intriguing kickboxing bout. 
I just thought, you know, it was intriguing, but also, you know, I, you know, get, especially with how the second round w went, because I had it for Horiguchi, you know, it left the third round, you know, it all came down to that third round. It was an incredibly exciting third round. So, you know, my favorite fight, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the official picks and all that stuff at the end, but a uh, great fight overall, and I definitely recommend people go and see it. And with that, that was the official main event. Uh, of the um, that uh, that of the of the Ryzen thirteen card. After this, they uh -huh. went to intermission, and then we had the the rest of the undercard. After this, yeah, the cards that was I mean the fights that were supposed to be seven, eight, and nine in that order. And what better way to start off the rest of the card than with a flying knee knockout by Darren Crookshank? As he knocked out fellow world beater Diego D.B. Brandel via flying knee knockout in 17 seconds. Oh, yes. Now, I'm about to ask you, have you ever seen a more incredible flying knee knockout in your life? Uh, what about y'all, uh, kids, uh, against, kids, uh, flying knee oh, knockout? yes, the kid Yamamoto Kazuyuki Miyama fight. Yes, um, also, all those against Club, Cub Swanson and WEC, um, that, I also, that, that was, that was a beautiful, uh, beautiful knockout, um, in my opinion. Do you remember that one? Um, I'm trying to think of any others. You know, you know, also had a beautiful knee knockout, uh, Cape, uh, uh against Ursan. Jumped into the crowd and got all the meat in the face. Yep. Um. But yes, no. This was this was an incredible flying knee knockout. Um. I think didn't you pick uh, Darren to win? Yes, I think I did. Pick you did. I I picked Brandau. I thought Brandau was gonna win this, but no, Crookshank. Crookshank uh, defeated him handily. Um. It was a. Uh, uh, the first, uh, you know, I actually stopped taking notes at this point because I was just so exhausted. But I, you know, from what I remember, you know, I think, I think the first round was, um, ah, uh, you know, I, I think I remember it was pretty much even. You know, it was really hard to, to give a, a winner for that one. But, you know, uh, Crookshank, you know, he remembered, he remembered us on the East Coast staying up. And I, uh... I thank him for ending it pretty early in the second round. Um, yeah, it was it was it was incredible. Um, he unfortunately did not. There were there was no post fight uh, except for uh, Nasakawa. Uh, I don't I don't believe there was any post fight promos on this entire show, if I remember correctly. Exception of Nasukawa or Miyu Yamamoto. Oh yeah, and Miyu. Yes. So and I and you know that was no doubt because of um of that hurricane. Oh, uh, not hurricane. The typhoon that was um um uh, hitting uh, uh exactly. So yeah, no no Darren Cookshank uh, promo about how much he loves guns and all that stuff. Um. What do you think, uh, what do you think, uh, let's talk about, uh, Brandau first. Where do you think Brandau goes from here? Uh, 
No, I got no argument against that. They're both coming off losses, knockout losses. Be the great. It'll be a good fight to make. Um, well, do you think he should stay at lightweight, or do you think he should go back to featherweight? Oh, I think this. Uh, I mean, either way, I don't know if Diego's gonna drop down to featherweight or Yusuke's gonna drop. I mean, Yusuke's gonna pop up to lightweight. I mean, obviously they're both lightweights, but they can fight at whichever weight they choose. But I just think it's going to be a fun... If that fight does happen, it would be a fun striker's battle. Oh, absolutely. You know, as far as Coach goes, MMA suckers predicted him to face off against Luis Killer Gustavo, who obviously made a footnote of Yusuke Yachi. But I think the better opponent that would be suited, more suited for Coach Shank would be Um, do you think, though, that, um, that Brown's a big enough name, though, to, uh, to put in there against, uh, Crookshank coming off a win? Well, I'm looking at his record right now. He he was four and zero in UFC. Uh, he lost his last three UFC fights, um, um, all back to back. I I don't agree. You know, you know personally. You know, I don't like matching up a loser with a winner, cause that's just my personal opinion. I think you should continue continue the winner's momentum with another winner. And that because that makes a more intriguing fight than a loser than fighting against somebody who's a loser. Um, who would I pick? Um, actually, just curious to know. I'm at. Um, do you know what whatever happened to George Soutropoulos? Speaking of Australian fighters. Oh, George Soutropoulos! I have no idea what happened to him. He just disappeared. Very. Remember, remember, he was like. Like one of the top submission guys in the UFC, then he just started losing, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, I think. I mean, to be honest, I think it's probably because of the fact that he didn't want to, you know, take any more beatdowns. Because of the fact that he knew that he was gonna just. I mean, he just knew he didn't have it in him anymore. I don't know what happened. That's true. Um, going back to Crookshank, let me think, um, trying to think of who would be, um, well, here's the thing, if, um, you know that Scott Coker recently said that he would want, he wants to do a Kyochi Horiguchi, uh, Caldwell matchup. Jerry and Caldwell? Yep. Wow, that would be cool. Um, 
if Bellator and Ryzen could do some cross-promotion thing, what about Crookshank versus Chandler? Or Henderson? Uh, Really? Mm-hmm. Really? I I didn't even know that. Oh. Oh, never mind then. What about uh Benson Henderson? Yep. So he probably might not be available for New Year's Eve. Um, what about now? I don't know what who what his contract status is or what he's doing. What do you think about Goti Yama Yamauchi? Hmm. You know, if he is done with Bellator, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Ryzen. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Potentially face off against Derek Krugshank or Yusuke Yachi or Diego Brandao for that instance. Now he's—I know he's—he's te- he's more of a Brazilian fighter. Well, he's—he's he's Japanese. No, he's a ja- okay. He's Japanese-born, but he's Brazilian. Brazilian okay, yes. So, do you? Um, I don't know if that will complicate. I mean, like if he's done, I think that would be an incredibly intriguing matchup because. Both are entirely different in how they fight. One is submission based, the other guy is a brawler. So, I mean, I think that would be an incredibly uh, intriguing matchup, but I don't know what his contract status is with, with Bellator um, or what he's doing right now because, you know, his last match was against Chandler and he took a massive beating when he fought Chandler um, that he might even be still recovering from. From earlier this year, um, um, what about a rematch against uh Kitaoka? <laughs> that's true that's true um what about now he would have to go up and wait what about Kawajiri's status right now I just thought of one. I don't know what his contract status is with UFC. Um, but last I heard, he had he was still not, he still hadn't resigned. If he didn't resign, what about Eddie Alvarez versus Crookshank? Oh 
By the way, it would be cool if he made Ryzen, if he made a one visit to Ryzen. You know what? I, I'm totally breaking my rules. I just I named a bunch of fighters who are coming off losses uh, to fight uh, Crookshank. But I can't think of any lightweights now that are that are really have any uh, wins right now in the Japanese uh, MMA okay. world. It's okay, Andrew, because when it comes down to when it comes down to stuff like that, especially for Ryzen, we will know when the time is. We will know when the time comes and when everything gets announced. Hey, you know what? With Khabib threatening to leave UFC, you know what? If he actually winds up leaving UFC, you know what? If he did, if I were Ryzen, I would immediately scoop him up, sign him to an, sign him to a year deal, and try to get as many fights of it out of him as possible. Let me tell you this: if Khabib leaves the UFC, every single MMA promotion in the world, including those in Russia, his home country. Oh, that's that's even better. He's in Russia, so the 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 airline flights will won't even be that much money. So yeah, it, 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 it works. It works. It works for Japan, and, and you know, you know, he, he comes to um to uh, a, uh ATT um a, excuse me um AK um AKA um here, and you know when he's here, he can do the fights in uh Bellator or whatever. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Crookshank, you know, I think, you know, rematch with Kitaoka, um, could do it. Um, the least Gustavo, here's my only issue with that. Gustavo is not a, a, he's not a regular lightweight fighter. Oh, he probably isn't. No, no, he isn't. In fact, actually, no, don't forget, he took that, uh, Yachi was supposed to fight, um, uh, Bruno, or was it, was it, was it his name again? I forgot, I'm forgetting. Bruno. Bruno Carvajal, but he got injured. Uh, so um, it was like a week's notice, and then they got uh, his partner Gustavo, who normally fights at featherweight. That's the only reason why I wouldn't have it at uh, have those two fights. Um, it's because of the, of of the. I think that Gustavo's is normally, you know, even though he did beat Yachi, you know, I feel like white late white late, especially against a fighter like. Um, Prepared fighter like uh, Crookshank, uh, you don't, you know, if we just kind of saw with uh, Brando, who's normally, who is normally a uh, featherweight fighter, um, you know, I mean, I think you want to have, and, you know, I think, no, I just realized, you know what? There basically is no featherweight division in Ryzen at this point. It's like the only dead division, if you think about it. Yeah, it is pretty much. Crone's gone. Crone's on the MIA. I don't know where he is. He was gonna be their the their 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 flagship uh their 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 king of the of the men's featherweight division, but he's gone. We don't know where he is. Ever since then, it's all it's been like you know I don't think there's been any men's featherweight matches since since his uh, match with Kawajiri, if I can remember correctly. Uh-huh. So you know okay well I guess in that case you know if you're not gonna do a featherweight division then you kind of have to have fighters at lightweight okay. In that case, go with Crookshank and Gustavo. <laughs> just, just because you don't have a featherweight division. In that case. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great fight, a great knockout, great highlight reel knockout. 
And we'll def. I hope we'll be seeing these two again, uh, Crookshank and Brandau. Ah, yes. And obviously, Mikuru, Dominic, Garcia, Berku, Delphic, the uh, unanimous decision that he basically worked him over all three rounds made people forget that Delphic was even undefeated going into this fight. What are your thoughts about, I mean, what were your thoughts about this fight? Well, this one, I'm going to take the W. I'm going to take the victory lap. Because you picked Dotback, and I picked Azakura. I picked a, I picked an Azakura sweep for this, for this show. And I was wrong to doubt you for that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but uh, what was surprised again? You know, with the uh, with with the younger brother. Well, hold on, is Kai the younger one? Uh, yeah, I think. So. Okay, with the younger with uh with the younger brother Kai, um. We both, we actually were both brothers. We predicted, we predicted knockouts. We predicted finishes, and we didn't get either for both these matches. And again, you know, I asked you the question whether it was kind of disappointing there was no finish in the Kai fight. Do you think it was kind of disappointing given what, given these two, um, how they finish fights and the and their whole personas? You know, uh, we you know both fight for the um. Uh, both Azakura bodies fight for the uh, outsider. Um, um, outsiders is that? The, the outsider. Yeah, and you know Azakura, you know, kind of got he's kind of got more of an attitude towards it uh, than uh, Kai, I would say. Uh, by the way, did you see the video of them of them fighting in the streets? Oh yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but it surprised me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the Azakura brothers. There's a video of them boxing in the middle of the street as kids for literally like shits and giggles, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's you know I'll I'll again say I was kind of disappointed that there was no that there was no finish, given that you know Dalbeck finished all of his fights, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, he was um coming in, he had finished all of his fights by knockout, and Azakura. You know, it was an Azakura. You know, he's flashy. He's 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 an exciting fighter to watch. Explosive, and we got the explosiveness, but in a very, very safe way, I guess you could say. We saw uh-huh. we saw Dalbeck, um not really a good ga- grappler, not good at defending takedowns, and that's basically what happened. It was kind of like a mirror of the uh, of of Kai's fight, in that sense. Yeah, basically, it was basically like like a fish. It was like a uh, he was, it was like a fish flopping around and um out of water, basically. Um, and in fact, actually, I think uh, you know comparing these two fights, I think Topnoy did much better on the ground and on uh, when he was mounted and on his back than Doubtback did. And Doubtback's the more seasoned MMA fighter. What I what I what I thought was was. Actually, kind of surprising. 
Um, but yeah, Azakura won. It was a book. Uh, they both won. Um, you know, you know, I, I, this is what, I wish I could say, th- uh, I was going to say, I, I wish they both had finished their opponents because, because then you could say, you know, oh, you know, the next fight to make is clearly this one, but like with them going to decision wins, especially because it was, uh, Mikaru's, um, the Ryzen debut, kind of, you kind of wanted to see him go out on a high note with like a nice highlight real fish, but uh, that didn't happen. But sorry, you're gonna you're gonna ask me something. It's actually gonna be really hard to think about who Mikaru is gonna fight. I mean, we already know we're probably gonna see Kai Asakura versus Man LK too. But who the hell is Mikaru gonna fight? Uh let me get up. Uh, I'm gonna slowly th- look at his. Uh, I'm gonna try to think. Oh wait, wait, wait. So okay, this fight, I'm I'm an idiot. This fight was at featherweight. I thought this fight was at bantamweight for some reason. No, but this fight was at featherweight. So. Well, I I kind of I just really answered my own question before. Why not Mikaru versus Gustavo? I think that'd be a perfect match to, uh, to, to, to have. If, 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 if Gustavo wants us to, wants to go back to featherweight, which I assume he does, um, I mean, uh, who do you think would be a good point for, uh, Mikuru in the, um, who, is there anybody you could think of that's, besides... Exactly, yeah. Um, I think that that's a fight you can definitely make going forward. Definitely. Um, Especially because it'll be, uh, you know, it's not a step down for Gustavo, even though he just came from a main event win. You know, he's going down to a different, uh, his regular division, his regular weight division. And um, I think that's an incredibly intriguing matchup to make. uh, Stylistically, especially. Um... What was also funny about this fight is, did you see on Twitter, people were trying to figure out, and this is a thing that, that, that uh, people who love Ryzen, uh, who, fans of Ryzen do, they, lo- they want to know all of the songs that people walk out to, and the both Azakura brothers apparently came out to custom songs? Well, didn't, what, didn't they have their names inserted into the song somehow? Well, actually... No, actually, I don't think so, other than Lenny Hart screaming their names. Oh, never mind. I must I must have been... I don't know why I'm thinking that. I thought it was custom songs. Never, um, never mind. I'm, 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 I'm thinking... But, um... Doubtback. JMA Twitter was desperately trying to find what Doubtback's kind of uh, really cool... Kazakhstan theme was. I tried originally to Shazam it, couldn't find anything. Um, there's a gentleman on Twitter 
I'm trying. I'm gonna look up his name. He basically archives and chronicles all the songs that all the people on Rising come out to. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mickey MMA. Yes, that's him. Yes, that's that's him. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, you know, what I did was I reached out to Ryzen and um, asked, uh, hey, uh, guys, can you tell me what uh what Dalfax song is? And they told, and they emailed me back and said, hey, this is what he, this is the song that he came out to. And, um, yeah, that, 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 that's, everybody, everybody was happy when, that, when I was finally found out. Uh-huh. Um, I'm actually surprised. There's so many people want to know the songs to, uh, to, to, uh, Ryzen Fighters. They really, they really are, um, that's their, that's their, that's their, they're really the people who really love who really are love those songs, finding them out all that stuff. Um, actually, so um, just to go back to tension quickly, his next match in in Rise, um, I don't know if you know, it's uh-huh, yeah, I was about to, I was about to tag you in the tweet. Okay. And uh, who's Naito the champion of again? Is that shoot boxing? Uh, yeah, I think no. It actually. Damn, oh no. I can't really get a good glimpse of his belt. But yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, we um. No wait. Does Naito uh, Naito says that is hit Naito says um rise on it. Ah, okay. So this gonna be a, is this gonna be a kickboxing match or is this gonna be a shootboxing match? It's gonna be a kickboxing match. Oh. Traditional kickboxing rules. Ah, okay. Oh, that's a that's an that's an intriguing matchup. You know, that's right now. That's actually okay. I'm interested in that in that match. I am that that match has my has my uh, eyes, my eyes and ears. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, you know, it's funny, we were just thinking of opponents before, we did Naito is also a, a former, uh, well, I shouldn't say former, but he, he did fight for Ryzen as well, and, uh, was it a kickboxing match? Um, was it? Yep, it was a kickboxing match against Tani Hashimoto. Um, yeah, so, you know, good luck on, uh, fighting, uh, uh finding a, uh, pretty good opponent for, um, for attention at this point. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, so, uh, yeah, what about Doubtback? What do you think you do with Doubtback, um, after this, um, match? I don't know, he's probably gonna have to go back to Kazakhstan. No, he's probably gonna have to go back to Kazakhstan and get some more work in him. Do you think, um, do you think that the, the level of his opponents that he had, uh, that he, that, of his record... Kind of overstated what his what his skills were. Uh, 
he kind of underestimated me through. He basically said he was going to come in and win. Obviously, he needs a little bit more work. Oh, he uh, he definitely does. He definitely does. Um, hmm. I want I want to like say that uh, if you were to give him a fight in Ryzen, what you say? Who would you who, who would you want to ma- who could you match him with? Or is it just the featherweight division is dead? No chance. Mm, well, to be honest, as far as that goes, I think a good fight for him would be probably against Hatsuki Yoki. Oh, that's interesting. Uh Okay, you know what? That's not that bad. I like that. I like that. But if he gets murked in that, then we definitely know he's definitely he's def- definitely his his record is overblown and all that. And and what was definitely not overblown or overstays welcome was the very last match of the other card, which Christian, you can then take over. Oh yeah! Obviously, we saved the best for last, and Jerry Denisha Prohaska is a beast. As he basically, as he basically gave Jake Hume not a need for speed, but a need for aspirin. As he knocked him out so clear, he probably needed to. No, as he knocked himself so, so ah, what am I trying to say? Well, Oscar knocked Jake Hewitt out so clearly that he was just begging to go back to Alaska <laughs> at four minutes and twenty nine seconds. Now, no disrespect to Jake Hewitt, he is a pretty upstanding gentleman, but damn, what were your thoughts about Jerry Denisha Pohaska? To be honest, and I'm going to probably ask this, I mean, I wouldn't wait to ask this, but to be honest, we're running short on time here. I mean, what are your thoughts about, I mean, do you think that Jerry Denisha Prohaska will probably have a better chance to not fight Krokop than he would to face off against him? I bet, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Well, better chance to not fight Krokop? I mean... Oh no! I think. Well, do you mean like in the hopes that you know, in that if he does fight uh, Mirko, he'll kill Mirko in the ring? Do you mean like that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Do you think that there are better opponents for Jiri Prohaska than Mirko Kokov? Oh, um. Are, are we talking light? Are we talking light heavyweight or heavyweight? Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Okay. Um, it's interesting because you know he's not really a heavyweight fighter, but he still knocks out people that are heavier than him. And you know, Jay Kuhn looks so much bigger than him, like huge. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, a, a match of Rocky Martinez would be interesting. Um, but they probably you know. That would definitely, you know, I think that would be an intriguing fight, uh, stylistically. Um, I'm trying to think of other heavyweights. Um, 
I don't know. Like as of right now, other than Krokop, I think Krok the fight Krokop is the fight to make. I really do believe that. Right. Um, I I just you know uh, I mean other than Rocky Martinez, which I'm pretty sure you could do, at, um maybe somewhere down the road. I just don't think you know. I think you just you, I think the Krokop fights the fight to go. If you want to then do some other fights, you know. Uh, uh, Prochaska versus uh, Barnett. I that would be. Oh, 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 oh. oh, now that would be fun. Um, that would definitely be interesting stylistically. Um, but yeah, I think at this point it's Crow Cop. What do you think? Now, what, well, I did talk to Jay Kuhn, um, which again you can listen to the audio on our on on our Stitcher feed or SoundCloud feed, and the uh, he also did a transcript, uh, uh, an edited transcript of the interview for MMA Sucker. Um, he said that he wanted to make this fight exciting. He didn't want this to be a wrestle fuck. And to quote him, he said he didn't want to be like John Fitch. That's the exact words. Um, I kind of think that was that was his big mistake. I think. If he, I think he had, if he had done the fight like John Fitch, I think he actually could have won. Unfortunately, you know, when you stand up against with Prochaska, it doesn't end well. And yeah, he got, he got rocked when he fought, fought, um, Bruno Capoloza. But, uh, he also, you know, if we, we weren't from the, uh, Albrechtson fight, he's not, uh, he's, he can get take, taken down very easily, um, Prochaska. So I think that uh, I think if Hude had just had been more of a wrestler, I think he could have won this fight. Unfortunately, uh, but, but you know I understand you know wanting to put on an exciting fight for the fans. Exactly. But I also thank uh, Prochaska because it was six a.m. and I'm glad that he was able to end the show early so that I could go to bed. So there is also that. What do you think about uh, Jay Kuhn? Do you think he has a future with Ryzen? I mean, he had a future with Road FC, but it only lasted one fight. He had, he was supposed to have had a future with the WFLF, well, now the Pro Fighters League, but unfortunately, it too lasted just one fight, and obviously he was a former member of the WSOF as well, but to be quite honest, I mean... Obviously, when it comes down to him fighting in the U.S., I don't think he's ever going to fight in the U.S. again if the commissions basically say otherwise that he can't. Oh, yes. Yeah. But if he does get that opportunity to chant, if he does get that opportunity to continue his fighting career, I'm sorry, I just farted, but still, if he does get the opportunity to continue his fighting career, I think Ryzen would be the way to go for him. Yes, Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I think the MMA Sucker article regarding fights to make, him versus Bruno Capeloza, I got no issue with that. Both coming off losses to the same fighter, you know what, see who comes out of a win. I think that'd be incredibly, and a very interesting fight to make, to, to make up. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, and that was the official end of the show. What did you think of Ryzen 13 overall, Christian? 
enjoy the entire thing. And, you know, maybe it'll probably give Ryzen some leeway to actually think about what to do for New Year's Eve. But, you know, I enjoyed it. And if Ryzen 13 was basically great because of the crowd tennis, because of the interest in it, despite the fact that no Western MMA journalist gave a damn about it, and only those diehards like you and me basically were up to see it. I just hope that Ryzen 14 can close out a stellar year for Ryzen. Same here. Uh, I thought the car was very good. Um, I still think that Ryzen 11 is still the best show, uh, the best Ryzen show this year right now. Um, still, that's also, you know, in-person bias because I was there. Um... Some fights, you know, I, you know, I was hoping for a finish, um, because it, uh, it would have made more of a statement for those, um, uh, of those, for those fighters, particularly the Azakura brothers, um, regarding my, what my, my, my fight of the night was, and my two performances of the night, they would, fight of the night, I said it before, goes to, uh, Horiguchi and Nasakawa, that's my first time ever giving a kickboxing um, match uh, um, on a Ryzen show, a fight of the night. And the performances uh, I give to uh, Darren Cruikshank, beautiful flying knee knockout, and to Jay Kuhn uh, for the, um, for the uh, beautiful knockout of uh, 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 Prochaska. Excuse me, Prochaska. Thank you. Thank you. I was getting my... I'm watching Bellator as I'm talking to you, so I'm I, 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 I'm, my, 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 my MMA wires were getting cr- mixed up. And also, and, uh, also, you know what, Hamazaki, she did, she totally dominated as well. She deserves a performance of the night as well. It sucks. It had to be such a shitty fight for for such a be- for be- soccer kicks to come into the uh, into the match. Ugh. But uh, uh, yeah, with that, you know, we did enjoy the card. Um, no news on Ryzen fourteen. Uh, as soon as they're coming up, you know, we'll obviously mention on Twitter and all that stuff, and we'll definitely you know have a preview show for that. Uh, it'll be a long ass show because it'll be basically. Previewing two shows. Um, but with that, you know, Christian, you want to do the plugs? Well, yes, yes. Let me go ahead and get the Focus Fights Twitter up real quick. Focus Fights, we cover combat sports and prospects from all around the globe. For the MMA and fight teams of the US, the UK, Japan, South Korea, and Russia will be emphasized. Please check out our website at FocusFights.com or follow us on Twitter at FocusFights. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at ChrisGary92. And I think they can follow you on Twitter at abinger one or at WeAreRisingPod, which is what this show is the handle of. 
Yes, uh, if you wanna if you want an account, my personal account, you're more than welcome to follow that. But it's all mostly wrestling and memes. So if either of those bother you, then please do not follow my my personal account. There is also the We Are Rising podcast YouTube page, but right now that is dormant because there's really been no nothing to YouTube about. And Uh, and, you know, um, we might have some interviews coming up, uh, as well, I'm trying to work out, and so, with that, you know, uh, that, that's some of the content I could promise, um, coming up, uh, eventually, I don't know when, but hopefully, we can work, some things can be worked out, and, uh, I'm going to officially say it, I hope, that I, I'm picking Chael Sonnen to beat Fedor. I'll be covering the Bellator show tomorrow, so uh, I think it's Bellator. Wait a minute, you're going to Long Island? Well, I'm in New York. I live in Brooklyn. I can cover. I can easily just drive to Long Island. It's, a, it's just a three-minute drive for me. Oh, okay, that's cool. And I'll be watching it from the comforts of my home. Oh yes, yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, I've covered. I've covered a lot of shows, uh, MMA shows, big and small. This will definitely be the most biggest out of all of them, I think, that I've covered so far. Exactly. Oh, and, uh, and speaking of covering, I just want to quickly, speaking of covering, uh, MMA Sucker, I am a contributor to them. Please go to their website and follow them on Twitter at, M- at MMA Sucker. Um, and uh, thank you again for all the support, the love, the feedback, following us on Twitter. Just thank you for, you know... It means a lot, you know, that we have people who actually want to listen to us. It really does. Mm-hmm. We thank you for being a part of this MMA fandom with us, and we are grateful that you have been joining us on the We Are Rising podcast. Till then, keep it safe, you know, keep your hands up at all times, and remember, as Lady Hart always said, <laughs> we Happy fight day. Happy fighting, everybody.